Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Friendly Sparring. Yeah, the podcast where two of the hosts are very, very insecure about their facial hair. Let's keep going. <laughs> but Leo, I said to do one that isn't what this podcast is about. And that's exactly what this podcast is. It's all about us just talking about how we should shave our chin beards. But will not. Absolutely will not. You will not. You got to. You got to. Will not. You got to. Um, it's a quaffed in your in your chin beard. You know what? It's funny. So uh, I've been making some TikTok videos recently. And yeah. I was doing one and I was like, you know, what? I need to be shaved for this. But I got to like the, the goatee part, the chin part. And I was like, nah, this is staying. But for some reason, the way I trimmed it, the fucking thing is like flaring out and like turning to the right. Yeah, it's to the side, so man. weird. It's, it's so got, weird. It's a, you got a fucking chin comb over, bro. <laughs> Don't call my fucking Trump chin. Yeah, bro. You got a Trump chin comb over, bro. You fired. <laughs> you fired. Or whatever he says or whatever stupid uh, thing he's in. Drain the swamp. My yeah. fucking beard is just like, <laughs> stop the count. Wouldn't that be great? I was shaving like my you're... beard and my, my chin beard was like, stop the shave. Yeah, don't shave anymore. Fuck you. I'm here to, I'm here to stay 2024, baby. Just you wait. I'm coming back. Chin beard for life. Chin beard for life. Um, this is amazing. And um, yep, what a great intro. <laughs> what a great intro. And before we get going, there's a couple of things I wanted to to talk about. And yeah, this is a little bit tough for me. And so after we released last week's episode, I, I want to say it was the day after uh, we learned of the passing of w- one of the one of my favorite people from the MMA Twitter sphere community if you will um anthony hernandez aka papa salt that was his like name and since i got on mma twitter he was one of the first uh people that i connected with and like right away it was you know like the first i think the literally the first tweet that ever popped up on my feed was he used to post like he 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 was battling cancer and that's what took him ultimately, uh, I think yeah. colon cancer, colorectal cancer, and mm-hmm. he had posted that that first tweet I ever saw. Uh, he used to post like updates of him going to treatment and surgeries like that and stuff and rounds of chemo, and he he posted a an update like going through it and I would just always send like you know words of encouragement or whatever and then when I when I, when I had first started the podcast. I already was kind of coping with the news that my cancer had come back like that. I was dealing with my second bout with it. Like, you know, you, you guys have heard me say on this uh, show a lot, like episode two is the worst. It's because I got really emotional at the end and I was really depressed. And the reason for that was because I just found out that I was denied like a treatment that I was wanting to do that was going to help me avoid surgery. And so it was just a very much of a, like a spiral, but people like Mike Anthony and, and the homie mixed man, like I was able to lean on them, you know, fellow survivors and, and warriors of, of cancer. And, and Anthony was 
just the nicest fucking guy, man. Like, you know, the, the whole, like the way Twitter is set up, it is, it does not foster positivity. Like it is, it is built, like you have to really try to be positive. You know, you have to just really be the kind of person that just like shuts out negativity and doesn't engage in anything. He was always so fucking positive, man. Like there was no, uh, like I saw sometimes people would disagree with him. And even if they would come out being like a, wow, that's crazy. He would just be like, well, that's your opinion and just kind of move on. And he never got into it with anybody. And uh, I, I just, my heart goes out to him. He had a young son. Uh, that was like five or six years old. He loved his son, man. He loved his son. And he wrote a, a blog a couple months ago detailing his experiences and how his wife helped them. And like before that, they were going through a rough time. And I, I don't want to get too much into it because that's, you know, I don't want to disrespect anyone like that. But uh, we got to send lots of love to this guy and to their family, especially. I, some people were even saying, and I don't know if this is true, that, that they, they had a kid on the way as well. Uh, which is just absolutely heartbreaking for, for them to go through. So I'm going to put the GoFundMe in the show notes of this episode in the description. Uh, the, the goal, they have a goal of trying to raise like 20,000. Obviously it's probably just like funeral expenses and things like that. Um, and I think when I checked it this morning, they were just north of 14,000. So they're, they're so close. If, if, if anyone could, just whatever they have. I've given a little bit, you know, I'm sure lots of other people have. I, I saw some of the names on there. Some people like to remain anonymous. So you never know, but some of the names from the people on Twitter was, was great seeing those names. So uh, just want to dedicate this episode to Anthony and uh, send my thoughts with his family. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's a, uh... <sighs> I know you didn't really know him, Leo, but I, he he would uh, you know he was always very supportive of the show. And yeah, I do I do remember that being very specific, and I do remember those trips and and you because I used to shout him out a couple of times. He was just so he was well, an inspiration to me, really. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. I think you your power on this platform, your power on that platform specifically, was used to kind of highlight people, and I think the people that you've chosen to highlight have been great examples of inspiring figures and it's it's that's a tough one um especially because you like i said you don't i mean you do shout out a lot of people but i just yeah. mean like the ones that mean the most to you um right. you know they they really get a shine i mean he got a lot of shine from you which is which is great because that that story is um is uh often ends um tragically um and then that's like something as far as like you know you got to keep the idea of yeah. the positivity that this person had to to kind of deal right. and live live as as long as they, they could with it so you know that's probably yeah. where i don't know it, it's yeah. yeah it's tough no and, and that's kind of where i wanted to pivot because i didn't want to bring i didn't want to start on such a somber note i already we're already kind of there but uh i just wanted to say like let this be like a celebration of life yeah. that we can and uh remember to to hug your loved ones, tell them you love them. Nothing is promised. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. Um, and on that note, I want to pivot to something a little bit more positive before we get into the fights. Okay. So uh, last week, the homie MMA catfish, when he sent in his question, let me just, oh, I forgot to share the screen. Let me just put this out here. So, um, he said we should have a combined name. Name. That's right. Yes. So um, 
like to refer to Juice and Leo, like collectively, so that you could just say one name. And I have my favorite, but I want to see what your favorite is. I want to read some of them because they're really great. Yeah. Um, so the first one I see is from Ben Kiley at the Jive Master. Shout out to Ben. He's a fucking awesome dude. Uh, he said Juicy Lucy. I like that. And, and Catfish said he gets his vote. But let me just say, like, I thought the idea was to, like, be lazy and only say one name. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's two <laughs> i mean it's great uh but like juice and leo is the same syllables as juicy lucy yeah um and this is okay so this is my sort of pick but i don't know there, there's two pronunciations. atlanta brown said julio like coolio <laughs> but it, when i first saw i think someone i think what i want to say was abs that we're going to get to in a second i think he said it first and i i looked at it and i i thought it was should be pronounced julio but that kind of gets my sound out of that. I was like, Julio, no. Julio. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are there any more after this? Let's see. Uh, Rory had an interesting. He says, it sucks that nobody calls him gin. <laughs> yeah. If, if people called you gin, we could be gin and juice. Oh, gin juice. Yeah. Um, uh, Some love from Sandy. Shout out to Sandy. She finally gets this name. No. Love though. Oh, Sandy is great. Uh, Lius. Yeah, Scott Nolan said Lius, <laughs> pronounced Lius. Um, oh, uh, Megan, this is at the Sapid Pantry. She she says Jello. Jello. <laughs> Jello's not bad. Not bad. Uh, Juiced up with Leo and Juice. <laughs> Juice Leo, like Coolio. Shout out to Sam. Hey, shout out to Sam. There was this like uh, little fucking, this guy's awesome. So he was like getting into it with this, this guy uh, from Twitter that turned out to be like, racist but also it was kind of a weird because he was trying to say that he was black and whatever and sam was like calling him on it he was like i'm black post it and he posted a fucking selfie That's and i was great. just like let me just let's just be positive and I, and I was just kind of like showering sam with love i was like go ahead king um it was great oh alex Dascola oh. said uh julien julien Ju i think it's juice it's j-u-s the french yeah, uh, juice, for yeah. juice i think it's like juice juice, juice leon juice leon I, mm. Mm. but i think i think julio is my favorite yeah i think um but but remember we Legends. uh i uh as i i don't want to <laughs> say i dislike my hispanic heritage but that was there was no point in me saying that anyway um <laughs> um literally no, no point so now you guys know that about me but anyway uh, I think the pronunciation shouldn't be Coolio. I think it should be Juleo. Oh, Juleo. 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 Okay, that's it. So if anyone wants to refer to us collectively, it's Juleo. 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 That's it. Because it gives it a little Latin flair. <laughs> and it puts it right on top of you and you say Juleo. Juleo. Um, cool. I think that'll be, uh, yeah, what we address each other as moving forward. And if we're both in the same room, you better hope you're talking to both of us. Because if you're not, guess what? We're both going to turn around. Exactly. Yeah, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, living on opposite coasts, you better hope we're not in the same room. Well, if we are, our dicks are out. <laughs> yeah, dicks out for Harambe. Yeah, dicks out for anything. Anyway, uh... <laughs> let me go back to the screen share. Yeah, bro. I don't even remember these fucking fights yesterday I'm just dude kidding. you know what's you know what's so funny about that i 
Um, Jesus Christ. I was so high last night. Like I was I'm fucking Jesus Christ. zooted. I was really high. Wow. Hey, bro. So, the fuck? <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, look it up. Zooted. Like, yeah. Z-O-O-T-E-D. Someone, uh, someone that I uh, really like talking to on MMA Twitter told me that one time. They're like, I'm about to get zooted. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And they're like, I guess it just means when you're like high. And bro. I Googled on Urban Dictionary. It's been a thing for a while. Bro, I was like, if I don't like it, I'm fucking eating this shit thing out of here. Fuck it. Look, I'm so high. <laughs> Zooted. It's the just, doorbell rings. You get scared. It's something great. Oh. You can oh, like, I'm yeah. I'm on the train to Zootsville right now. Dude, That the example they use in here from Urban Dictionary, let me tell you guys. Um, Perfect. When you were so high that you forget you ordered pizza. <laughs> and the, then the doorbell rings. You get scared. Then really happy because you forgot you ordered pizza. Zooted. Can I tell you something? I have done that to myself one time. More than once. One time, uh, I think like less than six months ago. And high me could not stop thinking not high me. (laughs) I I wasn't high. I went to Del Taco and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to order a lot of food. And I wasn't that hungry. And I was like, "Mm." but I'm going to get high. And then I was like, okay, let's see. What would high me want? And like, I put the bag down, I smoked and I waited. Bro, the bag was the best surprise ever. (laughs) The whole time I was pulling stuff out. I was like, oh man, what's this? Oh shit, what's this? Two of these? You are giving me life right now, bro. It was amazing. And I could, and like at the, at the third thing, I was like, yo, <laughs> you're looking out now. Hi, Leo. Great looking out, bro. You're going for your homeboy. Hi, Leo. And I was like, yeah, man, it was fucking awesome. So I, okay. Zooted can stay. So you zooted were zooted. You were very high. I was very high. And so <clears throat> this morning I literally had to rewatch the, the fights. I rarely do that. Uh, because I, I usually am just so engrossed the night before and I retain a lot. So I was just like, yeah, this fight was great. I was like, what even happened? <laughs> yeah. And then well, I was looking at the results. There was one finish on the entire card, bro. Well, I, ju- I do want you to know that that all of MMA Twitter, it f- kind of feels that way about this card. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, there's some people, From I mean, the obviously there's, there's, the out, there's the outliers that are like, like any fight, all the yeah. fights are gonna be like good, and I'll be here forever, <laughs> or whatever they say. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking look, guys. I don't care about this sport enough. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So if I could, could talk shit about it. Anyway, um, yeah, it, uh, I watched from the prelims. I was uh falling asleep in between fights because I was really tired, and uh, I would wake up, and then something would happen, and I'd be like, okay. Okay. And then I was like, yeah, I mean, the, the best thing was, um, which I know a lot of people didn't like this too, but it's our fucking podcast. So who fucking cares? But um, the commentary team going off the rails last night was fucking great. Oh, dude, Bisping and Felder. Magic. I don't care. I, I don't care. Professionalism. What I don't care. Guys, Let's I just don't console care. Calf kicks. Let's just fucking make them illegal. Dude, I, I, I don't. I don't, they're so funny. They're, they're funny and like- It's not the ultimate calf kicking championship. What's going on here? It's so great. I he, love everything about it, it. It's so, and like, I don't know why people are like, oh, it's bad. I was like, what, what? They're fucking having a great time. Like, 
And even even John Anik is like, he tries to keep it on the rails, but he's like, ah, whatever. I'm I'm cool tonight. Like I think they all realize, like, yeah, it's gonna be the best thing ever. Um, that's You're looking I- at me with an eye roll because I I've just uh, highlighted something from our notes that I forgot to talk about before we got into the fights. Well, there we go. By the way, we can move on and and forget this if you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that's okay. I just wanted to get your reaction to what I wrote. Uh, but I might mention it at the end. Just very that's briefly. Fine. Just that's very briefly. That's, that is. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, oh. Yeah. So I, I, I think you're not alone in, in, even though oh. you were zooted. <laughs> no, 100%. You were, even though you were in your fucking zoot suit. <laughs> zoot suit riot. riot. Even though you were all that, I, I, you watched all the fights again? You, you rewatched them all? Uh, the main card. I did not watch the because I was just like I looked back at him. I was like, oh yeah, actually I pretty much remember the prelims because I think maybe the edible kicked in like in the main card. Um, <clears throat> but dude, honestly, like shout out to Ronnie Lawrence and Vince Cachero. Uh, that fight was awesome. That was what the prelim. That was the only finish on the entire fucking card. And um, not that it has to be a finish to be a good fight. I mean, Jimmy Rivera versus Pedro Munoz, high level shit. It, Great fight. Did it get fight of the night? I think so. Like I said, yeah. I've done before. Like I've stopped uh, looking at those because because fuck them. But well, I mean, like honestly, it was the most. It was one hundred percent the most entertaining fight on the card. Yeah, uh, there, there could not have been another one. If there was another one, they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, because um, but let's uh, let's start from the the top. Hey, yeah. um, so the only one that could be maybe number two, Alex Caceres versus uh, Kevin Kroom. Yeah. Also, hey, uh, why is Kevin Kroom so fucking creepy? <laughs> i don't know man i think that's just uh it'd be like that sometimes yeah i guess but like even in his um his photo um like for the advertisement like he he's like this like when he's when he <laughs> when he's like in the photo like you know what he looks like yeah. uncle creepy <laughs> not the yeah, fighter like-, like his name should be uncle creepy yeah honestly I think Ian McCall just had that nickname because of his mustache. And it was a fucking killer mustache. Yeah, I think, uh, guys, okay, I'm on board. So all in favor, everyone, if you could raise your hand in your car, wherever you're listening to this, changing the nickname. Well, the nick, the nickname mm-hmm. for Robert Whitaker to just the Reaper and Bobby Knuckles for Frankie Edgar. For Frankie Edgar. And okay. we could and we can get Kevin Kroom, Uncle Creepy. Great. This is like the the racial draft sketch from Chappelle show. Like we have we have the New Jersey delegation <laughs> think that uh, Robert Whitaker should just have the Reaper and uh, Frankie Edgar should have Bobby Knuckles. It's guys, I know you loved it last time. It's I can't. It just rings too true. I'm gonna yeah, if I ever meet no Frank, way. if I ever meet Frank Yeager, I'm gonna say, "Hey, Bobby Knuckles," is like I think you're thinking of Robert Whitaker. I was like, "No, I'm thinking of you, dude." I know who I'm looking at. Hey. Frankie Edgar. And I start talking in a New Jersey accent for no reason to him. What do you mean? No reason. That's what you do, bro. Oh, <laughs> Leo was shit, at my wedding. Not. Yes. No. Let, oh, let's dude. <laughs> at my wedding, my uh, <laughs> wedding was catered by um, oh, shit. my wife's godfather, who is basically like a carbon copy of Emerald. He looks and sounds like em- Emerald <laughs> and is a bomb cook like Emerald. And he's going around thanking everybody, like, how'd you like the food? Uh, what it is? Leo goes, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. It was so 
tough. It was so hard. And then, oh man, there's a great story about how like that they were like, uh, first, okay, first of all, his yes. fucking name is Carmine. Yes. Italian. Italian. So Italian. But the funniest story that came from this was look how Jesus then went to the went to him after the whole thing like you know how, how could we pay he was like what are you guys gonna do rob a bank and I was like the most New Jersey answer ever no that was like uh, a couple months before or oh, something okay. we were preparing like we're, we, we, we used to like call him and stuff to like go over the menu see what we need because he, he told us like what to buy as far as like um, how many play settings and things like that. And we mm-hmm. were going back and forth, what utensils he needed because the place didn't have anything. And he, and uh, we're like, are you sure you don't want us to? He's like, what are you going to do? Rob a bank. <laughs> oh, uh, but also guys, yeah. shout, shout out to him and oh his kid. God. Guys, best fucking food I've had at a wedding. Most of it, a vegetarian or vegan. It was Oh, baby. All, yeah. Oh, no. All of it was was at least vegetarian. At least vegetarian. Like half of it was vegan. He made, and this guy's like, I never really cooked vegan food before. And then he made the most amazing vegan food. He made so fucking, mad. first of all, portobello Thai peanut skewers. Let me just tell you, uh, I got to put that. I have a vegan group chat on uh, <laughs> on Twitter. Portobello Thai peanut skewers. And he's like, no, I never really made uh, vegan food before. What? Hey, guys, let me tell you, I'm fucking shaking my goddamn hand at the fucking camera because Maron, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's so good. Anyways, enough about that fucking delicious ass food that was at your wedding. Oh, and the fu- oh, everything. God damn, that shit was so yeah. good. You know, what was so delicious. What Alex is this podcast Caceres. about again? <laughs> uh, it's about dicks. All right, Alex Caceres beating beating Uncle Creepy. Got it. Yes. Oh my God, amazing performance. And Alex Caceres has long time been one of my favorites. Um, he was on the the first card that we saw together yep. live. UFC one ninety nine, mm-hmm. beat the dog shit out of Cole Miller. He had a nice and, uh, uh, afro then. Yeah. Oh, dude, I missed the afro. I'm so glad. Like, I think his last fight he shaved it, and I was like, oh, why? And then now it's kind of coming back. It's like halfway there. I'm like, what, good. What an interesting, interesting pace to that fight was i think that was the opinion of all of twitter um but like mm-hmm. <laughs> just how much how many people were making fun of kevin Kroom after the first round of he he was like ragdolling his whole body for the next two rounds after that like it Dude, was really strange he legit looked like wonder boy in there kevin Kroom would blitz him and he would back him up and catch him on the on the while, while moving backward it was unreal Alex yeah he kind of he kind of looked sick no, kevin Kroom kind of looked like not healthy. Alex Caceres looked sick with it. Yeah, that's true. No, um, he went to the back for his medicals, and they're like, "I mean, you're right. fine, but <laughs> you're just so sick with it, bro. We're gonna get fucking canceled. <laughs> I don't want to get anyways. No, but but it was it was um. I just I just remember thinking like, uh fatigue is is a big you know it wears on you. But I was like, this is he was pretty fatigued by the second round. So I don't know what was going on with that. Maybe the weight cut cut, got to him or whatever, but yeah, Alex Caceres wins. Uh, Oh, we got a question of that in the forum. Never mind. I was going to say who's next, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Yeah. He had that vegan cardio. So shout out to Alex Caceres for being vegan and beating the shit out of Kevin. That's great, man. Uh, And then, and then fight of the night, uh, Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. Loved this fight. Absolutely loved it. I, I avoided the golden shower. I read. Yeah. Good job. Um, I read 
someone oh man i wish i would have I, I wish i could shout this person out i forgot who said it but someone said like when pedro muñoz and jimmy rivera meet in the octagon they are like the best dance partners and i was like that's such a beautiful way to look at it because it's so well done it's it's yeah. like they're they're beautiful violent dance partners i was like yeah like they are it, it's so awesome they respect each other and they fucking come for they came for a knock and yep. it was a fucking knock i as much as Pedro was really, you know, I mean, the calf kicks were fucking him up bad. You, I mean, I still felt in the third round, Jimmy Rivera could have gotten a knockout easily. Like they both had this, like, yeah, it was a good swinging momentum fight. And uh, well, I mean, obviously not really because Pedro Munoz and those fucking calf kicks, which by the way, speaking of which I kind of want to piggyback on that idea, just so you know. Um, And as everyone said, like calf kick, calf kicks, calf kicks. Um, yeah, they're going to be here forever. And yeah, and what's even worse is that this entire card, there's not a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of uh, highlights. There wasn't a lot of like it, it, the most exciting stuff, but the most exciting fight had calf kicks in it. So yep. what made the fat fight, the calf kicks didn't make that fight interesting. The fact that calf kicks were in that fight and everyone was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying attention to this because it's an interesting fight. <sighs> All the gyms are going to start training it. Right. Everyone's checking. Because like they said. And it's been um, for a couple of years. Really. Like they, like they said, um, uh, Bisping and, uh, and Felder were just talking about how you there's no, there's no, everyone's like, check the leg kick. But there's not a way to check a calf kick. There's, there is, there's, you, they literally said that you, you're getting hit either in one way. Or you just aren't there. That's the only way. You literally have to jump right. like your foot out of the way or your your leg is getting either a shin hit or a fucking calf hit. So yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. But you know what? I was thinking how, how the calf kicks did play a role in how this fight played out because Jimmy Rivera, I believe, is a southpaw. The, the, he mm -hmm. kept switching stances, but they're saying on the broadcast how the calf kicks to the lead leg were causing him to go opposite. Like he, he went orthodox for the like the entire third round, I think, and that is what opened up all those openings for for Pedro Munoz because <clears throat> when you're um, norm, traditionally southpaw and you switch to being orthodox, the defense isn't there as much. Like you can throw offense, but the holes are different, the openings are different. So Pedro Munoz was able to land more than he probably would have. Uh, Jimmy Rivera's Jimmy Rivera's what Jimmy Rivera. I remember watching the fight this morning. He snuck in an uppercut that was nasty. And if he had done more of that, he could have maybe got a finish. But it was the, really the, the game plan of Pedro that prevented him from doing that, which yeah, is really also, good. I also like uh Pedro Munoz's um fighter fighting stance, it looks um mm -hmm. kind of like he's kind of putting on blinders on his on his face, but it, it's like his you know, guards. Yeah, his guard is just so good. It's so interesting because, like, he's not doing – you never see him with his hands down, ever. Right. And he's almost like almost like he's doing this. Like, he's looking through his hand, like, covering his eye with his hand mm. and, like, looking through it. Like, the, the peripheral is kind of weirdly looking past his hand. So he's always consistently guarding his face. It's, it's very interesting to see that. Um, yeah, that I wonder fight. if they drilled that because Jimmy Rivera throws a lot of hooks. Yeah, uh, that's what they were saying too. He ended up getting a few of them in, so credit to to both guys, I guess. There. Anything more to say on this fight, or can we move on? 
No, it's a great fight. Um, fight of the night. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy. That and, I hope and, they... I, and I want to end on this note too. Like I love this sportsmanship at the end. I don't yeah. know. It's like, it, like sometimes it's like, dude, like you just beat the shit out of each other. You don't need to go like make out at the end. But the, the fact that they like just laid it on the line. And then at the end, we're like, laughing about the calf kicks and they were pointing they were like talking about their legs and and they were kind of like you know just like hugging each other and stuff like i was like this is a good moment you know so i'm glad that they had that yeah yeah man it was great okay maira bueno silva versus montana de la rosa this is one where we were split on i took maira on this one and you took montana oh if there wasn't a point deduction i would have won okay uh did you count that uh, I counted it as a loss for both of us okay. in terms of the overall. So I didn't get, I didn't give myself that. Like, if you look at the, if you go back to our picks, you'll see how my, my numbers play out. But um, regardless, this was a great fight. Like you look mm-hmm. at the Montana's face was like rearranged, but, and I want to talk about this quickly without going too much into it because we have a listener question about it. The point deduction in my opinion, 100% necessary. Well, I mean, if anyone's listened to you ever on this podcast, um, right. I, right. I mean, not on the Friendly Sparring yeah, podcast, the, which it's a this one is called, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, I'm very, you pro have, you're, yeah, you're very, very pro point deduction. You're very, your warnings in the back, you're, everything is, is explained. I'm very curious as to, we should ask someone who refs um, that stuff, uh, like how long that explanation is. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, my buddy just... T Cross. He's uh, actually in the listener uh, questions later. Oh, great. But, um, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious because, um, because you know, I said we go, you know, he, that's what they say that at the beginning of the, the um, yeah, we go over rules and back. So that's what I mean. I mean, is it, it's not, is it just for the main event? No, it's for all. No, fighters, it's right? for everyone. Yeah. And, and because, because the referees get their bout assignments and they kind of go talk to each you know, fighter beforehand as much what as possible, is, uh, I think. What does Chris Dione do? Like nothing? Does does he oh, yeah, get assignments? So terrible. Does he read them? He's like, hey, if I tell you to stop, don't listen. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, if, that's what uh, say. Hey, if, if he's uh, pounding your face into mincemeat, I'm not stopping it. Just get out of it. Yeah, basically that's what happens. Although I think like, I think at a certain point they know how many fights each person has had right. and, and like whether or not the UFC. So I just to say like, okay, well, one of the things they have to do, and this is what pisses me off. The unified rules are mm-hmm. not entirely unified because not all of the States have adopted the same uh, adjustments to the new unified rules that they did. I think in like 2017 and uh-huh. fucking Vegas is like, okay, we'll do the new rules, but we're keeping the grounded fighter rule the same from the old one, which is like one of the main switches. And it's so annoying, but um. So there's like clarification. They said like, here's the rule set we're operating under. Do you have any questions? And then I think from there, it's like, how many questions do they have or whatever? Like there's a famous um, video. I think it was caught on for like the notorious document or whatever. When like before Connor fought Dustin the first time he was backstage with Artem and he was asking about the placement of like where an illegal head, like yeah. if it touches the ear, that's why in the press conference, he's like the perfect legal shot right behind the ear, like that fucking bullshit. Um, yeah. Well, let's not talk about Connor on this fucking episode. Um, what did you think about the fight in terms of how it played out? Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good back and forth. I mean, it's so strange to think about the um, that point deduction. I mean, how many times has that come to come to make a decision? I'm, I'm curious. I haven't seen it very often. Um, 
Uh, I think it usually doesn't matter too much because usually the fighter that's quote cheating. Yeah. Uh, I don't really put it in quotes, but you know, who, the fighter who does that is usually winning. And then that's how it goes. Because even like the fouls, like certain fouls, it's going to affect their opponent throughout the rest of the fight. Like, Oh, okay. If you get a point deduction for an eye poke, it's like, great. You did the bare minimum. But then that that other fighter could be compromised, and then it could be just be fighting not to get KO'd for the rest of the fight. Right, right. There, it it changes everything for the for the it changes the landscape of the way the fight's gonna go. Okay, just curious. Yeah, it's good though. So yeah, but but great fight with those ladies. I wouldn't mind if they run it back. To be honest. Yeah. Like I kind of hate with draws, like when it's like not a super, you know, like it it doesn't have a much a lot of like divisional implications and things like that. When they're just like let's run it back, like. Like Kevin Holland, I think when he fought uh, Darren Stewart, um, I think he won, but 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 people were saying it was close, like it was a split decision. He was like, "I'll run it back." I'm like, "No, <laughs> I like that you're willing, but no, I don't care." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to the co-main event, dude. Magomed Ankalaya versus Nikita Krylov. I gotta say, I expected more from them. I think everyone did. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think. We're funny, I think they said that on the broadcast. I think uh, Michael Bisping said that Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera were talking about how, like, we they they felt like they got fight of the night, but they're like, I don't know, this Uncle I of uh, Krylov, like, and then, um, uh, it's mm. tough, good, uh, mm, nope, can't say good, it wasn't good, it was it. I don't know how to explain this. Well, okay. So I, I think it just didn't live up to the expectation. Like we had a certain expectation. Both yeah. of these guys come to finish, right? Like yeah. I said this last week, I think Nikita Krela before he fought Glover Teixeira had never been to the scorecards. It was either finish or be finished. Like he had some losses, but there were finishes and all of his wins were by finish. Right. Now he's been to the judges twice and been on the losing end of them both times, um, which could tell you something about his style. Like maybe he's just, you know, not a point fighter, which... I'm not mad at at all, but there was, it was very grapple heavy. Like there's this one shot that people were doing like memes where they're on the ground and Magomed was like getting his chin, like right tucked into Nikita's shoulder. I was like trying to fuck him, bro. Um, But yeah, it it was just a lot of grappling, which like from a grappling standpoint was probably like great. Like people that, you know, trained that or wrestled growing up were probably like losing their minds at the scrambles and stuff like that. But I was like, okay. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that that's necessary. Well, I mean, I know grappling and jujitsu are like two very different things. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I feel like sort of a like an umbrella term is like a broad thing for like. Right, but I just mean like last week's um, what was that fucking fight? Um, that was really good. The scrambles were really fucking good. Um, shit, I can't remember the fucking name of the fight. It's a good one. But it but it was good, and the, the, yeah. those scrambles were were amazing. I remember at every turn, like they were both like counterlocking and doing all this stuff and like on the ground yeah. i was like that was interesting this was just just very like tough it out strength like exactly. just like one person matching the other person's strength as opposed to technically doing anything to further that not to say that these guys aren't right. technical it's just that they're both so strong that it just met with strength so like anytime they tried to make any sort of type of maneuver it was just halted by the fact that someone was just p- holding their muscle down. Exactly. Or, yeah. It kind of goes to that old adage of like styles make fights. Cause you're talking about like Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera being the perfect dance partners for what they did. That's 
basically like a hundred percent of their like style matchup. Whereas this is like them on the ground made that like their decision to grapple most of the fight created that because they were fairly evenly matched into just a battle of strength. And then mm-hmm. Magomed won out. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have any good, other thoughts to say on that. Good for my scorecard. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then the main event was a fucking absolute stinker, dude. Absolute stinker. I, I mean, uh, I won as far as I got my pick right. You know, no, Cyril got but, um, did work. Yeah, but uh, you're, you're, man, I, I should have gone with the, the evidence of Nganu. I should have gone with the evidence of all these people that have been consumed by a loss. You know, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I went the opposite way. I was like, no, I think Jorginho is going to be mad and like, no, that's not me. And he, it, it, same thing that happened to Ngannou and Lewis. I mean, yeah, just Ngannou really in that fight specifically because before, and then because the tear after Lewis was so that he's on and yes, will continue to be on is so crazy. I, I really thought Jorginho was, like I said, after everything that happened and, and even people were like, oh yeah, like he's not the same that he was before. And it's like, yeah, I guess we should have, we should, you know, history, I don't want to say repeats itself, but it definitely, I should have said like, oh, yeah, Jorginho is probably going to be like worried that he's going to be getting hit mm-hmm. too fast or whatever. The exchanges are going to be too quick or whatnot. But Cyril Gon was great. You know what's interesting? Uh, like I said, it was a stinker. Yeah. There, there wasn't anything that you would say like, oh, this is what high-level MMA looks like. This is what yeah, heavyweight no, no. fight Like, you know, but no. as far as, you know, the exchanges that did happen, some of it was good. Like I, I, I was telling Rhino, I think like Cyril's boxing looked really sharp and crisp, which is nice. But you know, we need a little fucking more. But what I want to say interesting is that uh, Jarzinho made this video saying how he was like um, disappointed in himself, and they said it was his worst performance or whatever. But then they looked. I don't know if you remember saying on the broadcast that uh, one of, probably John Anik, he's the king of this stuff, said like. Uh, Cyril in all of his UFC fights has, I think, like more than doubled his opponent's output, or maybe just accuracy or something. Mm-hmm. And but then they said after the fight, statistically, Jarzinho has done the best of Cyril's opponents. Like he landed like forty percent, which is kind of like, I mean, I, I think this was probably his toughest competition. I mean, prime yeah. JDS is would, would have been his toughest, but he he made light work of, of JDS, so that isn't even a fair assessment. But um, this is his toughest test. I think, I mean, their cardio held up, which is good of like heavyweights going five rounds. You know, he doesn't really see that often. Yeah, Uh, but outside of that, yeah, you're right. There was no, and you could kind of tell by the commentary desk, like they're, they're, you know, I mean, they have to kind of create a sense, sort of sense of excitement. That's kind of their, a part of their job. Um, And like, you could tell by the fourth round, they were like really just grasping at any sort of like any exchange. Like, oh yeah, like you could hear them like really pushing because it's like, yeah, they're just, bigger guys and 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 it's funny because uh we get this understanding of the heavyweight division as don't blink oh you know it's like don't look away don't blink because it could change at a moment's notice and uh i was telling you i fucking i blinked yeah i I blinked a bunch of times and fucking nothing (laughs) happened so i was blinking the entire Entire time time and just straight blinking guess what dick happened i was blink 182 that entire Uh-huh. Yeah, a hundred and eighty-two times. Hundred eighty-two times. One hundred percent. I blinked during that fight, and I can tell you something. Didn't miss a thing. 
all the heavyweights. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because these fucking fights suck. Uh, And it's uh, 4 a.m. in England or wherever the fuck people are watching it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it is 4 a.m. in England. Not right now. I just meant at the time they're watching the fights. No, And that's also not true. But who fucking cares? This is our podcast. Hey, guys, welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast with Juice and Leo. Juleo. And uh, thanks, guys, for, for tuning in. Did you just start and end the podcast at the same time? I did. Welcome. People, people are going to think that I dropped this, that I cut it from the beginning and dropped it in at the end. Like, welcome to the Farming Podcast. Anyway, see you later. Yeah, no. These are my guys. You can use all my sound bites. I don't give a fuck. You're like that guy that is like nervous to host a dinner party. Like, welcome to my home. Okay, I'm done now. Bye. Yeah. Eat my food. I prepared it for you, but I'm not going to be here. Sorry. No, we will not talk about the art on my walls, you asshole. We'll not talk about the asshole on my walls, you art. Yeah. We'll not talk about swollen assholes. Anyway. Welcome to Friendly Sparring, the podcast where we talk okay, about swollen wow, assholes. Three, wow, we're, we're starting this podcast over a bunch of times. I think, you know what's going on? You know what it is? What? Fucking, it was a fucking full moon two days ago. Yeah. For all the woo-woos out there, for all the fucking woo-woos out there, just letting you know, that fucking full moon gets my dick hard. (laughs) Just let you know that woo-woo, that's from the full moon. Yeah, that fucking woo-woo shit is all from the moon. Bro, I'm telling you, all of my systems. I was not feeling good the last two fucking days, and it sucks. Guys, mental health is something that everyone should always discuss and have a conversation about. Absolutely. I just want you to know, <laughs> just to kind of get a little candid with you guys here, because uh, it's the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought like, oh, doing something would would make me forget. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, like that's how it works. Just so you know, if you're in like such a depressive state, you'll just be doing that thing in that depressive state. Um, it's very strange. I, I just discovered that yesterday. It was very weird. And I was like, oh, it turns out I'm just going to be feeling like this. So then I embraced it. And uh, yeah. Here so anyways, uh, after this week, guys, I don't think we're doing the Friendly Sparring Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So just snoozer of a bunch of fights yesterday. <laughs> yeah, snoozer of a, of a fight card. We had some f- exciting ones though, but uh, it always Overall. for me like it comes down to the main event. If the main event is shit, like no, I'm sorry, like you just killed everything. It's like you're building to a climax, and it's like, Ing. um, okay. So now our record for going into yeah. the next week. Yeah. So so sorry about your depression, buddy. But let's move on to the record. I buried you. <laughs> Oh, great. That's great. I love I'm it. Just kidding. No, no, uh, just fucking hate me more. No, just just one by one. So uh, l- this week you were two and three and mm-hmm. I was three and two. So now I moved to I'm six and four overall and you are five and five. So we're still pretty close. It's early. You know, things could happen. But this is where we stand. And then I'm just wanting to let you know, I promise to be just as insufferable anytime I win. So if you I'm win aware. anytime, please let me have it. Treat me like a piece of shit. Oh, well, fact, um, choke me if you need to. 
Okay, this is is this that type of podcast? Don't kink shame me, bro. What is happening? <laughs> bro, quit getting zooted and quit getting kink shamed, all right? You you're kink shaming me. I'm kink shaming you? How am I kink shaming? You said just, quit getting kink shamed. Like, hey, before we go any further, bro, you said choke me. Yeah. Hey, is this the type of podcast, bro? <laughs> you pulling out the chains and whips We're literally and talking about chokes all the time. Bro, we're literally talking about plugs all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the Friendly Plug Podcast. Quick, uh, quick side note. Well, quick plug within a plug. This is uh. so uh, the homie Lanta Brown makes amazing designs, and she made uh, and then she sells those on through Red Red Bubble, which is where uh, I have my merch that no one buys anymore. But uh, maybe once I put the new logo, people will buy some. I bought it. Yeah, you did. Leo used to when we first started recording, he would always wear the FWM hoodie. Love you. Yep. Um, but Lanta Brown put a made a design of uh, Robert Whitaker, who is uh, one of my uh, friends on Twitter's favorite fighter, and Lanta had anonymously shared the DM on the timeline from a, that person messaged Lanta saying, "I don't care if you put this on a T-shirt, a hoodie, a butt plug. I'm buying it." That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And I was like, "Hey man, if you put it on a butt plug, uh, you gotta buy it. Like if they if they put that option, you there's no way. Like you said it, you have to buy it now. Yeah, but unfortunately, no one's gonna ask any questions. They don't have that option. Sorry, we yeah. gotta go to a different website for that. Yeah, can you, dude? Can you imagine if someone made custom MMA butt plugs? They would fuck it. The stonks would go through the roof, dude. I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Uh, how excited you are about that? I really dislike that. It's funny. I, <laughs> It's funny. It's it's God. I hate that. That's great. I love really? the idea. I I, I love hey. the idea. I think it's great. Listen, guys, as Spaceballs has taught us anything, merchandising, as you know, you got to fucking merchandise. You got to put that shit on everything. Literally that shit. Yeah. <laughs> on everything. Um. Anyways, enough about the butt plugs that we do not have. Mm-hmm. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. Well, as you say, that sort of brings us to a nice end of this segment. And uh, so I think we should take a quick break and then let's jump into the forum. Great. Oh, look at that. You stole my thunder. Yeah, well, it's okay. co-host, bro. we can share the thunder. We are co-hosting. We are co-habitating. No, we're co-hosting. Turns out we're the fucking thunder, bro, together. Yeah. There's no thunder without the lightning. I bring the thunder, you bring the lightning. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, baby. All right, well, All I right, want to... All right, the question. Yeah, let's on to the question. Let's get... This is what you fucking came here for. So, um... We have an amazing question from my homie uh, T Cross, and this is about to be my favorite part of the show right now because of how the first part of this episode played out, and the fact that with these voice questions, I always or almost always preview them beforehand, but Leo does not. Nope. So he's about to get 
uh, hit in the face with this question. I this is from wait. my homie T Cross. Can't fucking wait. So this one's not a question; it's a comment. Uh, on your first episode, you guys talked about Gina Carano uh, pegging Ben Shapiro. Uh, I think Gina Carano is a cunt, but I would let her give me a wet ass butthole. <laughs> the face you're making right now. Uh, <laughs> that actually was meant to be the second one, but he has an actual question that I, I'm going to play oh, next. Oh, great. Well, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy that you set it up that my mind was going to be blown, and then he literally said, wet-ass butthole. I love it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mind blown, right? Yeah. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Listen, I didn't say mind blown. I said you're about to be hit in the face with this question, which, yeah, to be I'm fair. Yeah, in the face with a fucking butthole. It's not even a question. <laughs> All right, well, I wish I could say this question is different, but it's not. <laughs> I appreciate it either way. So I'm driving around here listening to your episode here, Juicy Baby, and a really important question just came across my mind. Uh, who do you – sorry, Juicy and Leo. I don't want to get yelled at. Who do you guys think has the biggest dick in the UFC? Yeah, so – this. this is what we're here for exactly the title of this question you can put a title of it it says super important and when he said that to me i texted him i said super necessary (laughs) um okay wow this is a good speculation um you know what's funny so wait do you have something (laughs) only because of the the cup mix-up i guess is what brian ortega said but oh it's very obvious fucking brian ortega's got a hog on him dude you know what's so weird about that is that we're talking about a man's penis that's not weird okay that wasn't his cup yeah i know what i'm saying that's why i said the cup the cup thing before that it was his brothers and his brother's not in the ufc get that big big dick motherfucker in there what the fuck his brother it's not of age. <laughs> oh no, guys, we're getting canceled. That's what oh, I'm saying. So let's I'm, not I'm, talk about that because that I'm is canceling myself. I just walked into that one. Walked right, right into it. I now we talk, now we talk about fair, Brian Ortega's big dick little brother. How nice! What a friendly, wholesome fucking podcast we have. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say before we treaded into non's territory, uh, I might edit that out. Um, don't, don't. Fuck okay. It. All right. No, um, we're raw, bro. Yeah. So totally raw dog. It's good choice. I have heard rumors. Oh. And by that, I mean a rumor from Burt Kreischer who shared a sauna with him that apparently Musasi Gegard Musasi. Gegard Musasi? Packing. Just absolute fucking hog. Just well, I mean, uh, you, you, uh, <laughs> the impersonation I used to do, and I was like, yeah, hey, but, can't suck it. I got the yeah, pretty long one, too. I got a pretty long one, too. Yeah. I mean, when he was doing that, yeah, fuck you and your mother. Man, it was so funny when he was doing that stuff, calling the QA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wait, did he say, did he say an MMA or UFC? He said UFC. That's what I'm saying. So Gegard's not in the UFC anymore. So if he was, that would be my pick based on 
a story. Evidence. Yeah, yeah evidence on, of someone seeing that's it. That's the only one we really have it. Um, Very quickly, and this pains me to say, because I generally do not like to say positive things about this man, John Jones. I think it's John Jones. That's a good one. Hmm. This is going to require some thought and a lot of cup checking. <laughs> you know what's funny? What a dude. What if it was like, what if it was like a bandom weight? You know, oh shit. What if nope. it turns out Corey uh, now, I, I, is like, I was going to say, I could get canceled. I was going to say, you know, it fucking is. Um, um, oh, drawing a blank on his name. Um, give me a description. <laughs> I don't want to give you a description because it's offensive. I'll tell you who has major BDE though, and th- so this could be Paul Felder. Oh, absolutely, that dragon. big dragon energy. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Rob Whitaker actually, because he's so one. reserved. But I feel like if there was like a like an actual contest, he'd be like, "All right, well, I'll win," and just like whip it out. <laughs> For some reason, I thought like you were coming up with a fucking Didn't contest you know I was called in your the brain. Reaper? I thought you were coming up with a fucking contest in your head. He was like, yeah, if there was some contest, he'd be like, yeah, I'll just fuck something. I don't care. I'll win that. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I like to compete. I like to win. <laughs> no, it was legitimately like, all right, guys, let's uh, let's pull them out. And be like, well, don't you know why they call me the Reaper? Hey, I don't know if this is the longest time we've spent answering a dick question, but uh, it probably well, is. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> answering a dick question. Uh, shoot. Um, I've given mine. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. Uh... Ooh, I have another one actually. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Sorry. The the <laughs> the noise you made the oof was like fond. <laughs> you were very fond of this hitting. It literally hit you in the head like a literal dick. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, what was that on my I shoulder? Can, I can, I can guarantee you this one's gonna be good. James Krause. That's a good one. Stepped up on 24 hours notice <laughs> to fight Trevin Giles. Two weight classes above where he spent most of his career. Big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> Two weight classes above him. Most of that weight's in his dick. dick. <laughs> Got a 20 pound python in his shorts if you know what i mean uh so how did you make way for this fight oh, i just tucked it <laughs> he just doesn't even acknowledge he's like yeah i just uh i just tuck it back behind my legs and lift it up with my hand yeah. so it's got a nice support on it so it doesn't uh balance the scale yeah because i would be over 250 pounds if that were the fucking case They're like this just in James Krause is stepping in against Stipe Miocic to fight Francis Ngannou. How is he going to make that? You'll see. Oh, yeah. just wait. We don't need no fucking towel for this guy. He'll fucking oh. hold it up with his dick. Leave nothing right, what to you, the what's imagination. Your Shit, man. Uh... By the way, I would like to know, he, he phrased the question at the beginning. He said, oh, this just came up. How did it come up? <laughs> Uh, it's all these cups. Yeah, I, you know, I'm still going to say Brian Ortega. Fuck that, dude. I think it's a, actually a solid uh, answer, regardless of the cup. <laughs> I think it's a solid cock. I'm not going to lie. 
I think it's a rock solid answer. Yeah. I'm happy that you were hit in the head with the idea of James Cross having a big python. Okay, so on to the next question. <laughs> thank you, T Cross. Real quick, I want to give him a shout out because he's one of my most loyal listeners. He's the man. Uh, check out his podcast, Tea Time with T Cross. Uh, he talks a little bit of MMA. It's mostly about other shit. Like he'll talk about life stuff and politics. And he uh, he drives for Uber, and so he'll have like he'll tell Uber stories, which is hilarious. I love it. All right, this is a this is next one is a very serious question. And I'm not okay. being sarcastic. I okay, okay, say, like, okay. Uh, let's oh, shift yeah. our focus. Got it. Hey, Juice. Hey, Leo. It's Kairos. I saw a person say the other day that this is the most impressive heavyweight has looked as a division in a long time. Now, I don't think, I don't agree with that at all. I think that is some straight up like garbage, but I'm open to being convinced otherwise. Sure, it's looking better than it has in the past, like slightly, but. I don't know, man. Something within me just thinks that the division just, especially with performances like that from people who are ranked, I just, I can't get behind it in the sense of agreeing with him. I can get behind watching the division, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just overblowing it out of proportion, but let me know what you guys think. Thank you. Honestly, I think this is a really good question. Do you have any immediate thoughts? Because I have some pretty uh, detailed thoughts. Um. Yeah, it's it, it, the heavyweight. It's it's a tough it's a tough question to answer just because of the fact that Tom. Yeah, no, top five. They whatever's going to happen in the next. And weirdly enough, we thought that yesterday's was going to be like, obviously very like exciting of a time. Obviously the fact mm -hmm. that Cyril gone one is great, but it's just like, you know, anyone in the top five right now could have that belt strapped around their waist. It's, it's very possible. They all have the keys to kind of, to, to do that. As far as anyone above that or anyone like making waves, that, that's the thing. I think what's, what's risen to the top is, for lack of what happened last night, the, the best that we're, we're getting, it is working in the way that it's supposed to be working, that these people are getting into these fights and they are moving up the ranks and beating these fighters. I don't want to say, you know, easily as, you know, Sarah Gon did yesterday, you know, whatever that performance was. I just mean, shit. Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a, an allusion to us, but I, I do think that the top five are, are there because of, because they're they're they are good. They are that yeah. good. So it's just like one of those things like where that division doesn't feel it just doesn't have any newer blood at the lower levels that feels all the older blood is is in still in the top ranking. So it doesn't feel right. as dynamic because it's just like because you have after the top six or seven, it's pretty much just a bunch of older gatekeepers. Like a bunch right. of them in a row. <laughs> And here's what I wanted to say, too, is first of all, it's hard to quantify that because I, I do kind of feel like MMA is always evolving. And so how we feel about a certain division is, is relative to like where the sport is at and kind of where talent is and where things are progressing. But I will say this. 
the heavyweight title picture hasn't looked this as exciting for a long time. I can't remember this all last time there was so many contenders. And that's, yeah. I think maybe where the person who said that was coming from, because like we spent like a half hour last week trying to answer two questions about what's next for, you know, who Everyone. Derek Lewis and, and, and then fit, trying to figure out, Oh, well, where does John Jones slide in? How is the rematch going to affect like the heavyweight title picture is set for the rest of the year, bro. And we're only mm -hmm. just now getting out of February. So yeah. you have the Miocic and Ganu rematch coming up, which normally when you, when you have a rematch, it's a sign that like the, the division is, is not that weak, but the, since they fought, the bell has changed hands. It went to DC. They rematched, rematched again. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and DC even beat Derek Lewis somewhere in between there. And Ganu got his his confidence up, got more wins, and now he's back, earned his shot, and they're on a collision again. So you have that. You have Derek Lewis deserving. Volkov looked nasty as fuck. Uh, you know, Derek Lewis is probably going to fight Cyril Gan now. Cyril Gan, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. maybe Volkov will, and, and Derek Lewis will sit out. John Jones is going to fight the winner of Miocic and Ganu. This shit is so exciting right now. Yeah. And I can't remember the last time that was the case because I, I feel like since I've been watching the sport consistently – and like never missing a card there hasn't really been always a super clear cut contender for heavyweight like mm -hmm. i can remember when stipe got his shot right he got a like a tko victory over andre arlovsky and he like yelled in dana's face like get my shot i need my shot get my shot and Ben Rothwell, I think like the following week or something had a somewhat exciting victory Ben Rothwell was on like a three fight streak at that point Stipe was only on a two fight streak winning mm -hmm. streak that is and ben cut like a fucking promo on Stipe where he was like arlovsky that chin has been tested already which is funny uh rothwell is now zero and two against arlovsky i believe but uh it was it was a point where we're talking about who should get the next title shot ben rothwell or Stipe, before Stipe was champion and so that's kind of how the i feel like the division has been like you look at ben rothwell like that's not a title contender really but he yeah. was at one point yeah and and so to your point earlier heavyweight has been quote the dinosaur division like it's been a lot of older guys now there's a lot of young blood do they just sign like all these new guys coming like chris Dawkins, terry ospinall jared vendera like these guys are the new crop of heavyweights and they're coming in so in that sense it's exciting so yeah it's, it's hard to answer that question kairos but i think we're getting there like yes yeah. if if right now isn't the most exciting it's been Tell me when it has been, like other than maybe the beginning of the UFC when when shit was, like when the heavyweight title used to change all the time and it was you know whatever. But I don't know, man. Like to me, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or close. Great. But like I said, it, it, to me, it's about it's about the title picture and like how many contenders <clears throat> we have and and the, how stacked the top fifteen is. Mm -hmm. All right, so we got another question from the homie Decrons, and there's like three questions in here. So we're going to have to dissect a little bit, but, but they're great. They're honestly, they're really great. Hey, hey, Juice, what's going on, brother? Sorry, I'm late, boss. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on so many fights getting the ax. We all understand what's going on there, but do you think the UFC should line up more fights or just have more replacement fighters on standby to remedy it? Or would that be just too great a risk to the roster. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I don't know if you covered this. Uh, people have been talking about it. I want to know what you think was in the bag 
And anyone familiar with the family that shall not be named shouldn't be surprised that he wasn't cut. Um, and also Victoria Prodigy Lee, a 16-year-old competing at that level. What are your thoughts on that? The damage that could be taken, should they cultivate her uh, skill set a little more? What are your thoughts? Talk to you later, bro. Love you, buddy. Much love to D. Crons. I'm just realizing the last two parts of his question, I don't think you know what he's talking about. So I can maybe quickly answer those. So yeah, the last answer them. Yeah. So so the last bit he was talking about Victoria Lee. That wasn't that took place in one championship. So I believe she's Angela Lee's younger sister, who's the I believe the the strawweight champion over there. Angela uh, Victoria Lee, 16 years old, competing at like a very high level in mixed martial arts. On the one hand, you think about like, oh, it's a prodigy, right? But then you think about the damage. Like he said, it's a very fucking gray area. Yeah. And, and like John Kavanaugh talked about one time, uh, his, uh, one of his students, people call him like mini Connor or like Connor light fucking, uh, John Gallagher. I think it's John Gallagher, mm-hmm. James, sorry, James Gallagher, James Gallagher. Um, J- John Kavanaugh was like, uh, was judging some fights on a, like a local amateur card or something. And then there was a fight coming up next that was a 13 year old versus a 21 year old. And he was like, I want no part of this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be involved at all. And then he said out of like morbid curiosity, he looked, the 13 year old was a young James Gallagher and was actually succeeding and beat the 21 year old, which like on the, on the one hand, it's like, wow, that's amazing. On this, on the other hand, you're like, should that have even been sanctioned? What the fuck was going on there? So it, it's a mixed bag. Like obviously Victoria Lee would never be fighting in, in America. Like the fact that one championship takes place in Singapore and it, like that made that possible. Right. Um, so my personal thoughts on it to answer his question, I think she's amazing, but I also like there's, there's a, a moral aspect of it that I'm not quite comfortable with right now, but you know, at that weight class, so light, like, it's it's hard to say, but I, like we don't know enough about CTE yet to, to be making these claims as far as like how often they should, how young they should be fighting. Like we can't stop her from training. Really, that like, she's going to be she's able to train, you know. So I I don't know. It, it's it's risky. And then he asked about the what do you think is in the bag? Do you? And I did cover this a little bit, but not explicitly. Uh, do you remember Otman Azaitar? Uh, it came out that on Fight Island, the last Fight Island card that they had someone they broke the protocols they snuck into the oh bubble. yes yes and this sort of segues into the first part of his question because so he was asking about uh the fights falling off yeah if you look at the the history of since the pandemic has started mm-hmm. when it comes to fight island that whole operation in abu dhabi I don't know if they've even had one positive covid test or at least one that came out like before the fire that like very few fights have actually fallen through on fight island and it's because they're so strict and that's why what amin azaitar did was such a fucking problem like they give you like a wristband and he had cut his wristband and gave him to Mm -hmm. like two guys to like sneak in and then like shimmy across the balcony for a bag i'm now i'm now remembering i'm pretty sure i covered this on the episode where uh mixed and goon joined me um Mm -hmm. that was like my last episode before you came on so i don't know man the 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 family he's talking about as far as what i know so that day 
that it happened, Dana did an interview with, I think, Farah Hanoon, or uh, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. I feel so bad, but she works for MMA Junkie. She does a phenomenal work. Um, he was like, he's done. And whenever Dana says that, like, that's like signed so delivered. That's written in stone. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't often say that as far as like, he was vehement, like, he's done, he's gone. And then news came out like recently where he was like, well, we decided to give him a second chance. And apparently, according to, uh, I think Kareem Zidane is the one who reported this. Um, Otman has, uh, he's Moroccan and he has ties to like the Moroccan government or something like that. So given what Decron said, I think that's all I have to say about that. Like, if you know about them, then you know, I don't. But just hearing that, I'm like, okay, yep, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what I think is in the bag, like it had to have been some sort of like PEDs or an, like an IV bag, something that's banned because why else risk? Yeah. It's, it's such a heavy risk. It's a heist. <laughs> yeah. It's heist level. Right. It's exactly like an operation that they planned. Yeah. Like so like people were, people were saying like some, some of the rumors are hearing were like, Oh, it's like cocaine and stuff for like a post-fight celebration. Hey man, Leave it in your room. You're not going to risk that. Leave it in your room. Just do the cocaine later. Like, what the fuck? Well, Well, they couldn't have brought it in, probably. Like, they snuck it in. Oh, they snuck the bag in. Like, those guys had to sneak in. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's a whole crazy thing. I honestly feel like answering it doesn't even give it like the craziness that it deserves because what I'm sure it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's probably something we've never even thought of. Like it's none of these things. Yeah. Like butt plugs. (laughs) Dude. What if it's like, like strap ons and stuff. Just a bunch of them. Um, them. But to answer the first part of your question, um, uh, that's really hard to say. I, 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 about the fights uh, falling through. Yeah, about the fights. Mm-hmm. And, and like just having, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, what could it, the only thing Here's that it hurts thing. is, is, um, camps. That's the only problem I have with, uh, with standby fighters, which at the end of the day, you know, there's the fucking fighters that have always talked in to the media and public about always be ready, always be training, always do that stuff. But there's something to be said about, about that. And like, Juice was saying not a lot of fights were canceled on Fight Island. And, you know, what was it last yeah. week? Two fights fell off. One was medical. One was due to COVID. Yesterday's, you know, Angela Hill, which would have been a banger, which is, oh uh, which is actually so probably very upsetting now that we think about this, the way this card went. Um, yes. So, yes, I think they should have a, a person. I just don't. I just, I just don't know how, how logistically they could really do it. Yet for, for me, it's not about having like backup fights on the card. No one wants that. They used to have that even back in the day before COVID. Like Sam, oh, I forget his name. Kenny Florian fought him. It may not even Sam. It was like some, some like Robinson or like Alvis Robinson or something like that. That was like a swing bout that premiered. Like it was a post limb, they called it. Like after the main event, they did it because they were supposed to be on standby they used to have fights like that like other ready and for me during this time what made me stop watching mma not really but like for a while i was kind of like meh about it and that's when i focused on breaking the fourth wall for a while is that 
this, these cards that we keep getting, it started to feel like banquet food. It started to feel like they were just like, oh, well, fuck them. They'll watch it. It's two human beings trying to kill each other in a cage. Like, no, like, I want to know more about these guys. I don't want to say like, oh, this fight fell out, but that's okay because we grabbed Johnny from the local gym and he's ready to go and he deserves an opportunity. Great for Johnny, man. Great that he's getting that opportunity for his family. I love that for him. But to, to get me to pay for these cards and to give me like, even the free cards are on ESPN plus that I have a subscription to that I have to pay. Like I need more. And if someone is going to compromise their safety by doing the, by risking COVID, you know, getting COVID-19, I want it to be like a name and I want them to be paid handsomely. And I don't want any like standby fights. Like if a fight falls off, great, scrap it. But this is my point of going back to the other thing. Fight Island. It's tightened up. Like here in the U S each state and even each county sometimes has different protocols and restrictions. And you have a bunch of people who are like bitching and whining about their rights. And, you know, there's people who have legitimate gripes about like businesses being shut down and things like that. But like, bro, what we're getting right now with these fights is like, it's all gravy. We shouldn't even be getting them. So yeah, the fact yeah, that we are. It's, it's so strange to me to think that the concept that you, you if fights fall off, it's kind of, especially during this time. Yeah. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have been getting them at all. You know, as much as we hate the concept, like UFC has been the strongest sport throughout this whole entire fucking pandemic. It, it led the charge. Yeah. It fucking said, Hey, we can do this. And, and you know what? It's two men fighting in a ring. You know, it's not, it's not a team sport. And then all the sports came later. I think UFC, UFC came out. uh, First fight was in May. May. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, And it hasn't stopped this entire time. So like, you have to think like that's pretty magnificent uh, in the sense of like the grand scale of the whole entire world experience this and like something, I mean, so many more exposure for this, for this um, type of, for this sport specifically for specific, for, sorry, for spe- specifically UFC, um, you know, when the fights fall off, you're, He's right. You, you don't want to make that, you, like you said, you don't want to make that risk. But if someone is going to be, it's going to be like something that's compelling. Um, exactly. Which, like I said, can be tough too, but uh, mm, eh, for the sake of what's happening, no. We're okay with some fights falling off. It's not that big of a deal. Exactly. That's my thing. If enough fights fall out that we have to start wanting to be them to be replaced, that's a problem. Shut yeah. it down. Yeah, but like one, you know, one fight, if, yeah. even if it's actually just one fight a week. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Exactly. Boom. Yeah. So I think yeah. we're on the same page there. Let me, let me uh, thank, thank you, Decrons, for your question. This guy's the man. Let me, uh, let me play this one from the homie Head Kick Audio. Shout out to this guy. It's a pleasure to have in the group chat. We have a group chat for uh, uh, content creators that I love. And so here is his question. Hey, what's up, Juice, Leo, it's Steve from Head Kick Audio. I'll call in my question this week. I don't want to sound like a fucking casual, but I fucking slept through that main event because it was uh, not main event worthy, I guess. Um, you know, Don did what he needed to do. Rosenstreich, uh didn't. And my main event was uh, Rivera versus, uh, uh, fuck, Pedro. That was my main event. That fight was dope as fuck. Um, so my question for you this week, I guess, was there was a point taken for a fence grab uh, in the female fight. And, you know, 
I loved it. I think there should be no warnings for some shit like that. I think if you grab the fucking cage, they should take a point immediately. And I think she may have even done it uh, one more time after that. I don't know if the ref caught that. And then there was a big bench grab in the, uh, it may have been the Krylov fight. Anyway, I just want to know, uh, when it comes to fouls, like, when do you guys feel, because everybody's got their own opinion on this, when should a point be taken away? Should there even be warnings? And, you know, of course, how do you feel about nut shots? All right, guys, have a good show. Okay, amazing question. And I want to say my piece first, because I'm very passionate about this. I have said many a time on this show that I do not agree with some of the rules, but I will always, I'm a proponent of following the rules. Like we have rules. Okay. Stick to them and don't waver from them. Like personally, I don't think fence grabbing should be illegal. I know that's kind of a controversial take. I, 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 100% there with you. Yeah. I I think uh, when it comes to fighting uh, specifically in, in that type of environment of the cage, like at some instances, I understand like leverage or something like that. I kind of understand, but sometimes it, sometimes it literally just happens. Like that's what I mean. Yeah. It it allows things like wall install and things like that, but like, okay, you can use the cage to get up from a takedown. You can like wall walk. You can uh, do a showtime kick. You can jump off the cage. Why not grab it? However, it's illegal. And so when she did it, it was blatant as fuck. And it, and it goes to the whole thing of like, oh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Like she knew in some part it's instinct, right? But you have to train that away. And she did it very blatantly. And shout out to the patron saint of point deduction, Jaron Vallel, right away said, hey, cut it out. Hey, shut that shit down. You get in your corner, you get in your corner. And he said very calmly and very diplomatically, Defense grab affected the takedown. You're getting a point. And she knew, dude, right away. She was just like, I know. Like, that's it, dude. And that's where I'm at with it. So as far as agreeing, like, yes, there should be more. And and people get like this when they when they talk about it, it's like, okay, well, it's supposed to be for fouls. Like, if it affected the fight, dude, a foul is a foul. Fucking that's it, dude. And and the problem is that it's it's at the referee's discretion. Like, uh, Think about, and I, I, tr- I try to avoid comparisons to other sports because I, one, don't always watch them. Two, I don't think MMA is a sport as it is entertainment and the comparisons are not always apropos. But think about a fucking foul in football. Like a referee doesn't be like, number 42, mask grabbing, face masking, whatever. But it's okay because it didn't affect the sequence. Uh, no penalty. No, dude. If they Amen. see something, they call it and it's a penalty. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, that was a good impression of a football ref. That was great. And I like how like uh, like he was not sure. Like he turned on the microphone. And he was like number forty two. Uh, 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 face sub the face grab. I think. Uh, yeah, face masking. Whatever you want to say. Uh, but it didn't affect the. Fo- yeah, whatever I said. Anyway. Um. No. Uh. Yeah. No. There. There should be. There, yeah. It, like you know, they already explained the rules. Explained in the back. They've already said that stuff. Um. I, uh, you know, just like, just as everything should be, it should, everything should be re-examined over the course of, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. every three years, something like that. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, grounded fighter, all that, all that stuff. Like every, everything exactly. should kind of be fine tuned as we go along, like no calf kicks, like the next rule should be no calf kicks. Um, Definitely not. Uh, uh, just because like, you know, they take away everyone's power and that's not cool. It sounds so like, it sounds so like epic. It sounds that's like, like a, mom's just like, oh, let's do no takedowns because it's boring. <laughs> yeah, ex- I mean, 
I mean, they're not wrong. I'm just kidding. No, that's not true. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're already. Well, it's weird. Uh, there, there, where, where was, there was another fight uh, last year, I think. Uh, someone got dick kicked like three times, right? Yeah, it was in, Darko, in a row. Yeah, it was Darko Stasic. And I talked about this last week. It was Darko Stasic versus Kennedy Nzuchuku. Kennedy's actually fighting this weekend, by the way. Uh, or next weekend, rather. Um, Darko said, like, was a point was, taken away? I think it was only a point on the third one, or maybe there was two. There might have even been four because I, I thought I remember there was like two point deductions, but I can remember literally like he did it on the third time and he goes, ah, <laughs> like he knew it was wrong. Here's my thing with Dick, because he specifically asked about this in the question. I wanted to address it. Like, what are y'all thoughts on dick kicks? I think he said, or nut shots. He probably said yeah, nut shots. Nut I shots. say dick kicks because whatever. Um, legalize them because a like Bisping said, you have a cup and it allows people to like go uh, and then like get an extra five minutes to rest. B, if it is if it's legal, you can train to avoid them, and I think that goes back to the whole purpose of MMA, which is to kind of figure out what's the most effective. Uh, like fighting art and see who's the best. Like if you allow more things, like f- the fact that eye gouging is, is illegal. I'm 100% for that. The fact that fish hooking is illegal. I'm 100% for that. But, but certain things like, like the 12 to six elbows, garbage, legalize it, dick kicks, legalize it. I mean, here's the thing. You, you can train yourself to, you can, I mean, there's every every fighter that's in the UFC could train themselves to avoid dick kicks, with the exception of obviously James Krauth with his fucking python. So yeah, he literally cannot. He gets he's a li- calf kick and he's like, "Oh, I'm a dick." He's uh literally just all like his lower body is just cock meat, and uh, he tries his damn hardest to get out of there, but but it's it's tough for him. James Krauth eating a lot of leg kicks. Uh, John, those are dick kicks. <laughs> No, those are obviously two legs. There's feet growing out of them. No, that's his penis. Uh, round three is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> this round is sponsored by P3, the official protein stack of James Cross's dick. <laughs> he, what does he feed that thing? Um, uh, yeah, so, but okay. Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say legalize dick kicks because I'd be kicking motherfuckers in the dick all the time. See, then you I joined the UFC. I, I, my nickname would be Leo the Dick Kicker Hernandez. Game over. There is no one that that's first of all, it gives me a fucking sick ass name. And guess what? (laughs) You know what to expect. You know what to fucking expect when I go in there. Your balls, your dick, right on my foot, my fist, doing it all. Because then you would have people would talk about the guard, right? It would just be, I break it. I break it. All my energy would be around me not getting hit in the dick, but all my energy pushing out would be to only hit people in the dick. He's going for a knockout. Oh no, I'm not. And I would hear that. I would hear the commentary say that from outside of the ring. And I'd be like, I'm not going for a knockout guys. I mean, sorry. And I would do this with my hand and I'd say, (laughs) fellas, I'm not going for a knockout. (laughs) What's my nickname? Leo, the dick kicker Hernandez. You're going through the check, and they're like, Leonardo leads the UFC's uh, welterweight division in the most dick strikes landed. 
and for you some, see the flex, dude? For, and for some reason, um, for some reason that will only show up in text on the screen, but someone will give me a cue to be like, like pointing down at the screen, like, yeah, that's fucking me. Yeah. Come at me, bro. I'll kick you in the dick. Uh, that was Reprius caused a stop to the <laughs> contest in the third round by dick stumping Leo, quite literally, the dick kicker Hernandez. Thanks, Bruce Buffer. Oh, so great to be here with you every time. And I'll literally tell him every time, man. I'll just give him a hug and say, The drip never stops. The drip, the drip never, never takes stops. a backseat. And he's like, This is literally all he does. <laughs> it's time for oh someone's dick to get kicked. Um, so juice, <laughs> I'm not on the page of legalizing dick kicks, but, uh, but do you know. see my theory of like, if you legalize I, I, them, less will happen. Cause right now it's a great, like, you know, you kind of draw it out. It's like in basketball teachers, like draw the foul. They like draw it out sometimes with like moving a certain way from a leg kick. That's a good, the that's a good blocks point. it. And they're like, Oh man, let me rest. You're, you're right about the, especially with slow-mo. Yeah. And and especially how many times it's happened, and the speculation is, the col- the commentary team is, that's what's nice about UFC commentary teams. They've been fighters, or they 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 know the fights stuff very well. But like when those things happen, they're like on it. Like oh, that touched yeah. his belly button. Oh, that touched the inside of his leg. Like you know. And then and then like what Michael Bisping says, like yeah, fair play, fair play. At the end of the day, like if that's you can take his time, like take his rest, like whatever you can do that. You can take five yeah. minutes if he wants to. Whole five minutes. Whole maybe this just change. Time. Maybe this change the time, because mm. no one ever takes five. I don't know if anyone's ever taken five. Well, I can oh. tell you this. Well, I can. Yeah. The last time I remember someone taking the full five, the fight was stopped anyway. It was Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens with that eye poke, like fourteen seconds in. You just. Oh yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Herb Dean was like, "Take the full five. This is a nasty eye poke. Take your time. I'm not even going to reassess until the five is done." And then they reassess, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, doctor, stopping the fight." Um, okay. But uh, great question. Go check out his show, Head Kick Audio. He's the man. And uh, I would like to move on to my next question. Our next question. No, it's yours. Okay. Well, it was a DM to me. Well, to the show anyway. Uh, shout out to this homie, Ian Speed, at Ian Speed 14 Such an awesome dude. This is another one, again, like zero negativity, always positive. And um, he says... Here's my question. Disregarding weight classes, TRT Vitor versus my boy Frankie Edgar. Who makes it out of the first round? This question was inspired by rewatching the Edgar versus Maynard highlights. Edgar versus Maynard 2 was my first pay-per-view, so it's crazy to see a title fight go to a draw on top of that. I was so confused, and years later, I found out that night they were supposed to even announce Pettis should have fought the winner because they just snatched the WEC. I got into MMA at a wild time. Vitor, though, has always been known as a killer in the first. So just throw some TRT in there to make it real interesting. Now you got yourself an interesting show for your question. Question for your show. Nope. I'm uh, dyslexic. I've but, heard no, th- this is an amazing question. So I want to dissect a little bit and, and rephrase it to you because looking at that, so when Vitor Belfort was like TRT Vitor, or they used to say, I think TRT Tor sometimes, that's when Frankie Edgar was like at his peak, like being the champion. And so if, if we say like all ways equal, right? Like yeah. pound for pound, pound for like pound, yeah. either make TRT Vitor small or Frankie Edgar big to where they are meeting the middle. However, let's say they're both fighting a 170. They meet in the middle. 
I think I think Frankie yeah, does circles yeah. around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said make Vitor small, I didn't. I, my brain didn't do anything. But when you said make Frankie big, I was like, dude, Frankie skills at a fucking higher weight class. Are you kidding me? Phenomenal. Yeah. It's just. Are you kidding me? Dust. That I mean, cardio, like, that insane like pressure and wrestling. Uh, like think about think you know what that fight would look like. Go back and watch rewatch Frankie Edgar versus Jeremy Stevens at at two hundred five at Madison Square Garden. Jeremy's landing big shots, but Frankie's eating them and he's just wrestling the crap out of them and and boxing them up. That's what that fight would look. I mean, obviously, like Vitor's a lot more like slick than Jeremy Stevens, like with kicks right. and stuff. But dude, that's how I would see that. I would see fucking, I would see Frankie wearing him out and getting a late stoppage, like late into the third round or fourth round. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, I would see Bobby Knuckles um just just <laughs> wailing on on Vitor uh, Belfort yeah. or whatever. But that's what, that's his name, right? Vitor Belfort. Yeah, Vitor Bubba. Yeah, Vitor yeah. Bubba. Keep up. Keep up. Uh, go back to our old job. Yeah. Um, which is still uh, my job, unfortunately. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Hopefully, you don't have any listeners that work at your mm. job, or people that work at your job that listen to this podcast. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it always. Um. So that's it for uh, DM questions. Now we're jumping into the Twitter forum. First question is from the homie Darren. Oh, let me do the screen share so you can see him actually. So Darren Carson at Bobby underscore Dazzler 68. He says, do the UFC really want Stipe to lose or are we Stipe fans, salty, grumpy rebels led by our mouthpiece? And he's tagged a uh, man of mayhem, Fabian. Uh, Dude, I am going to treat this question like it's wrapped in bubble wrap. Like, I almost don't want to answer it because of how I feel about certain situations like this. Like, you can give somebody when they first got, if, if the UFC, like, like, let's say, like Ben Askren, okay? The Dana White and Ben Askren did not have a good relationship well before he got into the UFC. And it was very, like, public. They would bash each other in the media. And so, there was a narrative that came out like that said that he was, you know, gave him terrible matchups to basically not let him succeed as much as he could. And people have done that in the past. Like the UFC at its heyday or at pride's heyday rather was like, they were in contention. Saki Kibara made a deal with Dana that he would let Chuck fight in the tournament and hope that they would meet and fight Vanderlei Silva, who was at that time, it was like, who's the best fighter in the world between Chuck and Vanderlei. If you look at the bracket, they gave Vanderlei, I don't want to call him cans to disrespect those people, but they gave him a lot of easy matchups and they gave Chuck's out of the bracket. It was like rampage Overeem. I think even Vitor was on there. Like it was a crazy bracket. And obviously he didn't make it out of the first round because of that fucking, I think he got beat up by rampage or something like that. But dude, uh, and that might have been over him actually, bro. This fight is happening between Stipe and Nganu because Nganu has earned his shot again. He obviously lost badly the first time, then had a stinker against Derek Lewis, and then from there, he's like, Okay, I'm just gonna knock people out again. Knocked out Curtis Blaze, knocked out Kane Velasquez, knocked out JDS, knocked out Rosenstroik, and now we're here, and he's 100% earned his shot again. And as far as do they want him to lose, I'm picking Stipe personally. Like, I'm just putting it out there already. Like, I'm picking Stipe for this fight. And it sounded like earlier, I meant to bring this earlier. It sounded like you're you're picking Ngannou. I don't know how you feel about it yet. If you want to, because we, we, we have the right to reserve to, to change it, I guess. But um, 
Because earlier oh, oh, you yeah, said yeah, 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 yeah. you said the streak he's on. Or you were talking about Ngana. You said the streak he's on and is going to continue to be on. I was like, hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. no. To, to quickly answer Darren's question and just just the way that I framed it, no. Like I I don't think. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, it's 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 public that uh, here's I'll put it this way. I do think they want Nganu to win, but they can't like fix fights or whatever. Like, I think they would rather have Nganu as a champion because he's like, you know, African born. He lives in France. They're trying to break into the French market because uh, MMA just got legalized in France. Like, there's a lot of things about Nganu that's very marketable. And even though I think Stipe is very marketable, they haven't marketed him the right way. Like, he's like the classic like all american he's yeah. from the midwest he's a full-time firefighter like the guy's a stud and they haven't done enough with that he also doesn't like doing media really so yeah. that's on him as well partially but uh as far as inganu i think it's more about them wanting inganu to win than wanting stipe to lose personally right but either yeah, way i, I the, agree they can only give him the opportunity and put him in that fight and stipe could very well do the same thing in their first fight exactly Okay, that's it. Great. I didn't know if you had anything to add. No, it's true. Go Stipe, but also go Ngannou. <laughs> you're definitely, you were avoiding the answer when I said, are you picking Ngannou? No, I, I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, the, the fight is like mean, a month away, so you have time. I, right, but I just mean like... It's a very hard fight to call, by the way. It's a hard fight, especially because of last time. But like, man, I mean... If Stipe is able to dodge again, yeah. I'm just saying that there's a very, very high chance that in the first fight, if, if Nganu would have landed any of the first couple of shots that he did and and Stipe's kind of slick boxing, getting out of the way of that, wasn't there, I mean, yeah, 100% Nganu would have won. So it's just like, let's hope that... Um, oh, I was I already, I already looked this up for the next question. So, oh, But did. anyway... Okay. Let's go for. Um... Yes. So I wanted to answer the uh, the next question from, I think it's pronounced Ionis. This guy's great. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. But it's at I O N A S V Z. Mm-hmm. He says, "Who's next for Bruce Leroy, and what's his ceiling in the division now that he has a four fight win streak?" Uh, I, so while I think, we were uh, talking, I pulled up yeah, the rankings. So go I, ahead. I, yeah, I think. Uh... I think uh, Edson Barboza, I mean, the 14 or 15 would be okay for him. Um, I'm going to say minimum, he needs a ranked opponent. Yeah. Minimum, uh, he needs a ranked opponent. Personally, I like number 12, Shane Burgos. I think yeah. that's an a, amazing fight. Yeah, I think I think that would be, I mean, it might be too high on the list, but I yeah. think I think an Edson Barboza and, uh, and Alex Caceres fight would be interesting at the very least. It would be very stylized which is kind of cool. I, I, I yeah. don't know if Alex Caceres could win that. I think Enzo Barbosa is like. He's nasty on the field. Yeah, That's and, where most of that fight would take place. Yeah. And he's, and he's a strong motherfucker too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say, it's, uh, I mean, Shane Burgos is probably. I was thinking but, about number 13, Bryce Mitchell also. But Bryce but then is I was on thinking a, about Bryce Alex Caceres fighting Jason Knight and just getting absolutely manhandled on the ground. And I do not want to see that. Um, Bryce would, Bryce is on a win streak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they both are. I just mean like, yeah. Okay. Dude, if it ends up being Bryce Mitchell next, we want credit. 
Now, does that in talking about? I have a feeling they might book that, but who knows? Oh yeah. Okay. What was the? Oh yeah. So that's it. Yeah. And oh, so oh, what's his, his ceiling? Uh, his, his ceiling. Honestly, br- here's my thing, and I mentioned this earlier about Bruce Leroy, about Alex Caceres. He's a he's a fighter that if he puts everything together, he can beat anyone on any given night, and not literally anyone. Obviously, he has some stylistic problems or whatever but when he's on his game like he can make them fight his fight like what he did with kevin croon he controlled the pace of that fight he dictated where the fight took place he was on point everything when he puts everything together i think he can be like a top five guy i don't think he can be champion especially this late in his career yeah alex cazares i don't think he can be champion this late in his career but i think he's a top five guy could be anyway uh let me see the uh that's right oh i got him i just gotta pull him up no Um, i literally have him right now oh the back I mean, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Zabid, Yair, Chan Sung Jung. That's rarefied air. I didn't mean literally like he belongs with those guys necessarily. So maybe number six. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, top 10. I mean, we can say top 10. Yeah, I would say. That's like Josh Emmett, Jeremy yeah, Stevens de- de- is number yeah, de- eight. Definitely top top 10. Uh, yeah, top five is a little bit rough for me just because of fucking Korean Zombie. And man, yeah. uh, has Zabit's next fight been booked? He's was supposed to fight Yair like three different times and they keep okay. falling through. So I don't know. He's uh, number three. Yeah. What's his record look like? Because he's Ali's manager. I mean, Ali is his manager. What's his record look like though? Uh, I think, I think he's, he's got one loss outside the UFC and then he's undefeated in the UFC. I think it's like 12 and one or something. Okay. I'm pulling it up right now. Hmm. Well, you know, just uh, I fight with uh, <laughs> uh oh 18, oh, 18 and one. Wow, one. I really kind of 18. Jesus, you un- yeah, six fights less, bro. Yeah, uh, well, I think he th- that's right. He came into the UFC, I think he was like 11 and one or something like that. So he's fought, yeah, he's on a 13 fight win. Damn, streak. but as far as fights in the UFC, I think he's had like four or five. So, uh, who did he fight last? Uh, Calvin Cater. Damn, Calvin Cater got fucking whooped. <laughs> getting whooped. But Calvin Cater took over in the third round, and if that right. fight was five, five rounds, rounds as it was should have been yeah, as yeah, a main event, that, yeah. I think Calvin would have fucking sent him to the shadow realm. All right. On to the next question. Yeah, next question is from Alex Dascola at a Dascola zero one. By the way, have I showed you this guy's bio? It's the fucking best bio in the game. Can you see it? <laughs> I was like, this doesn't gonna, make sense. I'm going to be a dad, sort of Martin Mirana, hell yeah. Stipe Miocic. Hell yeah. Um, his question is, says, why is women's 135 so lackluster at the moment? Dominant champ, zero promotion of low-ranked fighter, or just a hollow division? It's so hard to, I mean, I want to say like all of the above. It's one of those things where, which I which weight class is that? Just just making bantam weight. Like Amanda Nunes is the champ. And let, let me pull out the rankings now that we. I got. I got. I got him. I got him here. Jesus Christ. Um, um. So, if you look at the follow top, well, all the names though, there's not a lot of new blood. Right. Like the only the one of the only ones like Julia Avila, my queen. I love Julia Avila. Carol Rosa or Hosa, I think it is actually. Sejara Eubanks, Penny Kianzad, Lena Landsberg, Macy Chasson, shouts Kairos, it's his favorite. Uh, Marion Renault, uh, Sarah McMahon, Kellen Vieira, Juliana Pena, Yana Kunitskaya. Yeah, 
I, I, yeah, I certainly wouldn't say it's a it's a hollow division. I mean, there's just there's just something about it's just all roads lead back to Amanda. It's, See, it's hard for some reason. She's, it doesn't feel like they're as active. And here's what I was thinking about when he said that because it used to be like women's 135 was the only weight class mm-hmm. because that was they didn't want women fighting in the UFC and then they found Ronda Rousey and they're like, okay, let's sign her and build a division around her. So they did that. They bought Strike Force, absolved everybody. Okay. Uh, and then they started sending Invicta people. Mostly, though, when they checked in Invicta, then they found the Astrawi division. And they're like, let's literally buy all the contracts from Invicta for their entire Strawway division and just bring them into the UFC. And for a while, Strawway was looking pretty exciting. But there were a lot of girls in Strawway that were too big for Strawway but too small for 135 and there was a lot of vice versa going around like two some girls were too small for 135 too big for but were fighting in 135 because they couldn't make 115 like jessica i for example jessica andraji um she then made 115 and what? now is at 125 but what i was going to say to my point now that they've opened 125 that to me seems like the most exciting women's division personally i mean strawweight is pretty great right now but women's 125 is awesome and i think it's because it's the optimal weight class for a lot of women of that size it's like the lightweight of the male weight classes right so yeah i think part of it is like you have uh a a division that not a lot of people are, are sized for and yeah, I, I think the other part is the dominant champion as well. Like if they're both changed hands more often, because like initially when when Ronda lost, that stretch of time, it, like for about a year before Amanda very took the belt, it was a very exciting because you you had the the head kick KO from Holly that beat Ronda. It's like, oh my gosh, she shocked the world. Then Misha came and choked Holly the fuck out. It's like, oh my God. And then you saw Amanda do her thing. And then it was like, is Amanda the next coming or is she just someone who has crazy knockout power? And then we realize, Oh no, she's the next coming. And now it's just been like the Amanda show for a couple of years. So um, I, I think it kind of comes down to that, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What else I would do. It's probably just dominant champ. The, the, yeah. the lack of promotion is a factor too. Like they, they do not promote the women's fights hardly enough. And yeah. I've said this before on this podcast. I don't know if you agree, Leo. I think they really need to do, an all women's card one time. Just just do it. Just to do a fucking all women's card. I agree. We'll see how exciting these fucking fights are. I agree. I totally agree. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. All right. This next question is from my girl, Just Gina MMA at Just Gina MMA. She says, What is the Black History celebration you would want to see the UFC showcase on a broadcast? I'll start. Okay. Yep. I think, I mean, we, we did a considerable amount of time on this on our, uh, I think our first episode because we wanted to talk about Michael Chandler. That was the, when, when they used the Michael Chandler promo. They have really shit the bed on this. They have had so much to pull from and they just haven't done it. And I think it's just like, it's so frustrating to me and I, and I don't want to spend too much time on this as like a white guy. Like, I don't want to feel like it's my place, but I am passionate about it because I want to see more black representation in the UFC. And not only from the fighters, like if they're really doing like the whole point of like black history month, in my opinion, like take sports out of it, take fighting out of it. Like when you're learning in school and you're talking about it, it's to realize the impact and influence that so many uh, great black people have had 
that we now are benefiting from that are like history is too whitewashed and we're, we're need to bring that more to the forefront. Like a black, I love black history month, dude. So they need to talk about a, I mean, they, they did last night talking about Maurice Smith. Finally. Um, there's a gentleman who is from, I think he's from Nottingham. Actually. I want to say his name is Ian. He was the, the first British fighter to get a win. I want to say he was a black guy. That guy was exciting as fuck. Like he was like a Taekwondo striker or something. He knocked people the fuck out. Uh, Burt Watson was like uh, running this, the, the show behind the scenes for a while. I've talked about him before. He had this line where he'd be like, we rolling. He would say that all the time. The fighters used to love him. He would do like weight checks and they would make sure that everyone was on their P's and Q's. Do they need to tell the story of Burt Watson? That needs to be like a fight pass special that they do. Like they're doing all these like untold stories where Bruce Buffer and Frank Trigg were fighting in an elevator. Tell the fucking Burt Watson story, dude. Like they need to highlight more. It's hard to answer your question, G, because there's just so much that they haven't done. But I honestly think beyond that, to, to answer it broadly, what needed to have been done is to do like more say like segments and promos throughout the week, like on their social media, on, on YouTube, on ESPN Plus and Fight Pass. Because I get not wanting to spend a lot of time on the broadcast, but if that's the only place you're going to do it, you got to do more. So I think they just it needed to have been highlighted more, like more promos throughout the week, more, more interviews, like, like the fucking thing they did with John Gooden and Tom Aspinall, this British, like great, great promo promo for Tom Aspinall. Do the, those like that, where you're sitting down having interviews like that with other black fighters. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Just something that doesn't have a, that didn't have a white savior complex to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that might that was such it was a misstep it was just exactly. a, it was just a, it, it involved it involved a, a a a white man literally raising a black child and, and t- like yeah. i said it, any other situation they could have done so herb dean they could have fucking done a yeah, highlight on herb him dean yeah uh mark the, smith another the, ref. the fighters that were fighting in the main event <laughs> yeah they could have done so they could have done all of it. The promos that they had paid attention yeah. to, you know, and, and like the fucking bad look, it, it just, it was bad, especially cause like the, the other spotlight was like during that same night was just like, you know, uh, the, the black fighters kind of saying a little piece and then that's it. And then Michael Chandler got this whole section and I was like, exactly. That's come what on, man. Now that we're at the end and we've now looked back on all of what they've done. If you literally look at just the data, they spent more time on that probably than the other ones combined, or if not that, at least significantly more than anything else individually. Or fucking man, I don't even want to fucking talk talk about it. Really, I mean, I don't think it would be a good thing to talk about. But like, shit, man. I mean, think about what fucking happened to Walt Harris. Like, yeah, that whole situation. Like, and like how he's still fighting. Like, there's a, there's a way way more things there's way more fighters that that uh african-american fighters black fighters whatever you want to say that that have way more inspirational stories than than michael chandler than michael chandler yeah like way way more way more people have come overcome adversity um all this stuff to even fight in the ring i mean it's a climb but then on top of that people have interesting backstories people i mean we get them all the time it's just like the fact that the ufc didn't do their dirt it's daniel uh, cormier first double champ to defend both belts within you know holding them 
Yeah, not yeah, not not just a a flash on the screen, not just yeah. a, a, a you know, not just that, you know. If if Derek Lewis knocks out the next person, which now obviously Black History Month is over, but the reality is, is that there shouldn't be there, there should be a, we should be celebrating this all the time in, in a better way. We already talked about this last episode. It just had to do with framing. Michael yeah. Chandler's story could yeah. be in any other month. Exactly. It was an it's an awesome story that should be told, but not right now as a part of like, oh, let's talk about black history. No, dude. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. So literally anything, anything that would have gotten yeah. as much shine because the fucking UFC's job is to make things dramatic. That's what they do. That's yeah. that's a part of the entertainment value of it. So the celebration of of our black fighters, they could have spent more time on. It's literally yeah. in their power. So anything. And, and you know what I was thinking? I, I don't remember for sure, but if I'm remembering correctly, the first event that took place in February, that first weekend, I don't think they talked about it. It was almost like they were like, oh yeah, it's black history. Let's put something together for next week. Like they completely forgot, dude. It, it was, it's just a bad look, but um, thank you for your question, G. I, I think, uh, you know, it needs to be talked with, you know, with a lot more care than, than we probably are capable of. And, and more people need to, to share their thoughts on it. I think we should continue this conversation online, but yeah, just do better in general and do more, I think is the point. Oh yeah. Uh, this next question is from the homie Brad Spicy Cracker. She says, at Brad MMA. She says, gone is top five now, probably who, okay, I fucked up the phrasing of that. Gone is top five now, probably. Who does he beat in the top five? Also, good night. Shout out to Brad. She was the first question when i put out the tweet and until i retweeted in the morning was the only one that's why she said good night and i just want to give her a shout out because she's so consistent in like participating in the forum and i know when you're like scrolling through twitter uh you see a tweet and it kind of you're at like a fork in the road where you could either keep scrolling or you could interact and she always well almost always interacts she's the best so looking at the rankings for heavyweight and i think what she was saying is that jarzinho was number four mm-hmm. uh when, and usually when you when you beat somebody you overtake their ranking here we go heavyweight so um uh, yeah uh, Vol- volkov and gone is it for me yeah you think that's the fight i think it makes the most sense i think volkov destroys cyril gone what do you think it'd be great yeah i i think so too but but i think at the very least on uh to watch it i'd be very interested especially like i think he could potentially take curtis blades i i yeah, that would be fine too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, one of those two, Curtis Blades or Alexander Volkov, would be okay with me. He certainly does not. Certainly yeah. does not handle Derek Lewis. He certainly does not handle Francis and Ganu right now. He certainly doesn't handle Stipe at this point. Uh, not after a performance like what happened last night. Yeah, one hundred percent. So that's that. So yeah, but, but uh, like my money is on like what would happen. What is what I think is going to happen matchmaking wise. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be Volkov. I can yeah. only. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, so I want to queue up this next question because we're going to talk about it's it's the perfect yeah it's the perfect question because Segways. it's the last question of the forum and now we're going to be talking about our kind of picks. So I'm just, I'm pulling up the fight card right now. Do you want to read the question for Mixta? Do you have it pulled up? Oh no, uh, bu- we're bu- screen bu- sharing. Never mind. Hold no, I on. can have it. I can have it pulled up. No, I've got it here. So no, I, I got no, I got it. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I don't have it. 
You don't. Okay, so shut up. Uh, <laughs> this question is <laughs> this question is from Mixed Dudu at Mixed a Man. You guys have heard him a ton on this podcast. He's guested twice. Um, he says, "What are some non-title fights you girls are most excited for next weekend?" For me, it's the Lego-looking homie Drew Dober versus some dipshit Russian cheater who probably cheats on his taxes and poops with the door open. <laughs> Bro, the and the relentless like trolling of Russian fighters that Mixa does is like, it's it's something to aspire to, honestly. And um, for my money, we are we are going to talk about. Um, I've got the card pulled up now. So for my money, um, I, I want to talk about something off the uh, main card because Drew Dober versus Islam Makhachev is a fight I'm very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to give another one and, and pulling up the early prelims there was a fight that i i saw that i was very interested in kennedy zichuku versus carlos ulberg so i talked about kennedy earlier being on the receiving end of like terrible dick kicks kicks from darko Mm -hmm. stojic carlos ulberg is honestly going back to t cross's question the super important one i could have said this man uh he is izzy's teammate and he just uh, won a contract on Dana White's Contender Series. It's probably the best-looking man I've ever seen. I mean, they don't have a picture of him on UFC.com, so you can't see. But Google this man, Carlos Ulberg, and you'll see. But more than that, he's exciting as fuck. And the guys from City Kickboxing, uh, his coach, Eugene Behrman, they're just they're on another level, dude, with striking. And I think he's going to make Kennedy look like he doesn't even belong there. So I'm really fucking excited for that fight. Yeah, for me, I, I'm I'm excited about the Tim Elliott fight. Yeah, I, Tim Elliott versus Jordan, but that was gonna be my my other one. Oh, and then Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. I really want to see Dominic Cruz win, and and I don't think so. It's tough for me to say as a Cruz fan, but I want to see Casey Kenny get some fucking karmic retribution and for that bullshit. Um, and Joseph Benavides uh, against Askar Askarov. Um. Yeah, I just want to see Joey win. Ooh, Kyler Phillips versus Song Yedong. This card has got some amazing, amazing fights on it. Yeah, Rogerio Bontorin versus Kaikara France. Are you kidding me? Lavinia Souza versus Amanda Lemos. This card, I'm telling you, it's that. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, do we want to? I say we're there. We're there now. Now we've answered Mixer's question. We're right in it. So, all right. Um, are we are we doing a a choice for all the? We're, are we just we're just doing the, the main the card. Main, main. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so let's, let's talk go about fight by fight. yours. The first uh, the first fight in the uh, main card is Alexander Rakic versus Chago Santos Maheta. Uh, I got Alexander Rakic in this one, and it was tough for me. For me, it kind of came down to how Thiago looked in his last fight against Glover. He he really didn't look that good. I think he was coming off a knee surgery, which is kind of unfortunate. And so I don't know how he's gonna look. Rockich looked good in his last fight. I'm I'm sticking with Rockich. I got uh, I got Tiago on this one. Nice. We're I think that Love after that being after being knocked out um, by his by his knee surgery, I think he's gonna come back with a vengeance. <laughs> I love your reasoning. Um, and then the the fight that Mixed alluded to, uh, Lego looking he, homie he, Drew. He Dober. really does look like a Lego. He does, dude. Like, look at it, that that jawline. He was made to be like a like a superhero. He's got that superhero jaw. He literally has like a blockhead, like a Lego. It's crazy. Um, but Drew Dober versus Islam Makhachev. People say that Islam Makhachev is like the heir apparent to Habib. 
And I just got to say to those people, that don't impress me much. Yeah. I, I watched Islam fight and I'm like, he's probably a good gym fighter. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard DC say that like he's one of the best in the gym, but the, on the night he doesn't always put it together. And honestly, what a terrible um, thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, dude. Um, okay. I, I'm picking against you. I got, I got, you got Islam? Chef. Mm-hmm. Are you literally um, just doing opposite of me? No, I just think that uh, you better not be opposite of me for the main event because I will kill you. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, I just have Makachev because I think that, um, you know, after what Daniel Cormier said, I think he's going to bring the gym with him that night. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, totally. You know, he's going to bring that. I just said that you didn't hear before. He's going to bring the gym with him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring the gym. What a what a great strategy. Like, you know, when UFC does like on the line the betting show with Yanni the Greek, they just bring Leo. Like, he's going to bring the gym with him. Yeah, if he's a gym fighter, he's bringing the gym with him. You know what I mean? I think I think he's gonna win in spectacular fashion. Yeah. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna break Drew Dober like the Lego he is. Dude, I could see it honestly, but I, I don't think I think I Islam Mak- I think Islam Makachev is gonna step on Drew Dober and be mad. <laughs> and say his foot hurts. He, he tries some foot stops and he's like, ah, oh, hold on. <laughs> Wait, ah, oh, what is your feet made of Legos? Yep. And then Drew just starts wailing on him the red. It was like that's yeah. not a foul. Like, he and he, he, starts, do he that. starts wailing on him like this. Like not with full fists. He's doing Cupped the claw hands. like Lego hands. Yeah, cup clip hands. Watch your oh fingers. I can't. Close fist. Nope. Nope. Lego time, bro. All right. Uh, um. So now we're in the t- the title fights. This I, I can't remember the last time we had three title fights on the three, card. Five. Five minute rounds. Three. Yeah. Fights. Five five minute rounds guys it's gonna be a long night it's gonna be a long night i will say though however like when when it comes to title fights like this it depends on whether or not um they result in a finish and sterling yawn has the potential to go the distance amanda nunes versus megan anderson i'm pretty sure that's gonna end in a finish i'm like 99 certain that's yeah, gonna end in a finish. um all right, so so take your take your pick for for Jan and Sterling. Uh, I got Aljo, and I, I was talking to the homie um, typo in my photo. He's a loyal listener of the show, so shout out to him. He's a big Piotr Jan fan. He's also a big Jan Blachowicz fan, so we're we're really opposed this week. But uh, shout out to this man. I really hope uh, you know if if I'm wrong, then at least he's happy. Um, but Aljo is so good on the ground. And he's come a long, long way in his striking to where he can have an entire fight play out on the feet and, and come out successful, which has happened recently. So I, I got Aljo taking this one. I think he's a more complete fighter. And I think he's big for that weight class, dude. Like, I don't know how in the fuck he makes 135. Yeah, it's, it, this, one's a little bit, this one's a little bit tough for me just because of just because of recency bias of like um, people that are t- tough on the ground or like get in range to take people down um which you know i mean not to say that they haven't you know that that aljamain hasn't experienced um power but some like you know i mean like similar to like what happened with curtis blades and Derek lewis that curtis like i'm gonna shoot 
I don't care all the time. And then literally yeah. the first exchange, he was like, never going to shoot again until the second round. Like, Boop. yeah, he was like, yeah, he literally just stopped immediately. So, uh, you know, and, and Aljamain is coming in with that same energy of like a hundred, 101 times I'll shoot. I was like, will you, will you, but I do think he gets it done. I do think Aljamain, oh, I think Aljamain. Aljamain as well. Okay. Yeah. I was like, are you really like price is writing it? Like, are you always like going against me for like a strategy? No, no, no. I, I yeah, I, I'm gonna give it to Aljamain, although I don't think it will be easy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I said, I think this fight probably goes the distance. Yeah, if Peter if Peter um, Jan can, can, or he wins by sub like late in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, if Peter Peter Jan Peter Jan, I think is his name. Peter Jan. One of the Russian pronunciations is Piotr. So I like Piotr that Piotr one. Piotr Jan. Um, Peter otherwise. Yeah, Piotr Jan. Anyway, Piotr Jan. Um, if he can get his timing right for Aljamain as far as like um, uh, his um, distance um, to keep like Aljamain at a distance. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, um, I think he has a good chance to win, but I, I overall, I think Aljamain's going to let mm-hmm. have him caught me slipping, you know, caught me slipping. All right. So the next fight is Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. I not going to lie thought about picking Megan for a second because Mixta had this great tweet and he was like, look, let me just get this out there. Let me just be very perfectly clear. Megan Anderson is going to win this fight. I was like, no, dude, fucking he's trolling. And it was like, it's the most MMA thing to happen for like this, you know, person who doesn't have the amazing record, you know, she's coming out of nowhere and and Amanda is so dominant. What if she just wins by sub? He's not not wrong. He's right. it's very specific. He, However, he very specifically said that's the most MMA thing of all time. And he's like, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. right about that. However, when I was looking at it, I was like, dude, like Amanda's better than Megan everywhere. Like she really is. She's, she's better striker. She's a better grappler. Uh, she's proven in five round fights. Uh, Megan has been scheduled for five round fights. Uh, she fought for the Invicta title, but uh, she won in like the second round, I think, against Charmaine Tweet. A nasty finish, but um, yeah, uh, honestly, like I have been recently like chatting with with uh, one of my good friends on MMA Twitter, who is a big Amanda Nunes fan, and they would absolutely crucify me if I didn't pick Amanda Nunes. So I'm picking Amanda the Lioness Nunes, Leoa Amanda Leoa. I. You're not going to get crucified, so it's fine if you want to. No, you... no, 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 it's dumb. It's dumb. You can't, Amanda. You... Yeah, no, there's yeah. no way. I can't. She, she's the goat. She's the women's goat. And I can't not. It. It you should, can't pick should... against the goat. It And like, I mean, we were talking about um, nicknames the other day, man. Like the fucking lioness is such a good nickname for her, specifically to where she's at it now. It's like so she's so incumbent of that, that force like that's in that ring and like. Mm-hmm. Fucking malls, people just malls, Absolutely them. malls them. just just die. Like fucking, I mean, dude, I was I was just watching just just the highlights of the fucking Herb Dean stopping the fucking Ronda fight and Amanda Nunes kicking the shit out of Holly Holm in the fucking head and fucking beating the shit out of Cyborg and like it's all it's all aggressive. The ends of the ends of her fights have been just not even. They've just been fucking ruthless. Yeah. Like I'm just describing them and they just, they all sound so ruthless. Like, 
she fucking really beat the fuck out of uh cyborg like really beat the fuck out of her yeah. she really she really i i don't she kicked the shit out of fucking ronda when ronda was doing it oh my and that God. was such a what a great and misha God. i mean what a fucking great Gnarly thing to finish. see ronda's fucking super like pissed off eyebrows just dusted <laughs> By fucking a man, and then and then fucking kicking Holly home right in the goddamn head, like oh, with her own gun, dude. One of my favorite Amanda moments is when she beat Rhonda. She walked over to Edmund and is like, "Oh!" It's like, and they asked her in the press conference. She's like, "She thinking she a boxer? I'm a the boxer." It's fucking true, man. Yeah, uh, the I mean, like Me- Megan's path. <laughs> Megan's path to victory would be um, a flying knee. Yeah, exactly. She's going to have to go out there with reckless abandon, and I don't think Megan has that in her. Uh, I, th- I, I, I think she thinks that she's maybe a better striker and that she can use her range, and she is wrong. Uh, I, yeah, you're wrong. You are not. <laughs> Your range uh logically makes it you can say your range that's fine because that's an actual physical advantage which is fine but to say you're a better striker no, no. sorry sorry and, and and thinking about it like holly holm got inside that range and just out grappled megan for three rounds you don't think amanda can do that amanda's <laughs> actually a grappler holly holm's a kickboxer <laughs> Man, okay. no, he's gonna fuck you up yeah you know, i was thinking yeah, though, going shit. back to that tweet from mixed up where you said it was like the most mma thing he has a talent for picking upsets. Like when Corey Anderson knocked out Johnny Walker, everyone was on the jo- Johnny Walker train. No one even fucking mentioned Corey. This motherfucker mixed up calls into the show on like a Tuesday before the fight. I, I got the message on my way home from work and I just played it through my Bluetooth and he goes, Hey juice. It's the homie mixed the man. My question is how much of a brick is MMA Twitter going to shit when Corey Anderson beats Johnny Walker? I, I literally laughed for like 10 minutes. I was like, he's wilding. And I texted him. I was like, if he wins, do you want me to play that? And he was like, fuck you. And then Johnny Walker lost terribly. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, um, I have a feeling I'm going to get another one of those from, from Mick. I'm actually going to be disappointed if I don't. But Amanda's winning. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's just too. I mean, Megan Anderson. God bless her. Sorry about the um, all the controversy that happened. I'm sorry that your coworker said that about you. I'm happy that I'm saying that. I would. So, just saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get canceled, but I'm not your coworker, and I appreciate right. that you're a beautiful woman. So. Right. No one listens to this show that yeah. has any influence in the UFC. So. And she and she hasn't blocked me, and I've asked. I've asked. <laughs> Shut up. I did what like three three or four weeks ago when everyone was talking about it i was like hey could you block me you tagged her yeah like i i went into the message thing and i, I said could you block me nothing hadn't blocked me yet so me and megan me and megan bro so fucking mad all right Done, uh, bro. she's uh what country she's from what what country what country is she from australia oh great i can get all those daughters <laughs> Have we told that story on the podcast before? No, I don't think so. 
very quickly, I think this is funny because I we have a lot of Australian listeners and I fucking love every single one of them. And Leo and I were in this uh, shop in Hollywood Boulevard. I want to say it was Victoria's Secret. It was near there. Yeah, it was near that area. It was near Hollywood and why, Highland. Why Why Juice and I were at Victoria's Secret, who knows? But we're, 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 no, we were walking on the street. We were walking back to our apartment. Yeah. And this uh, guy in, in Hollywood, there's like tour guides that they try and sell like, you know, tours of the area, tour buses, celebrity yeah, yeah. homes or whatever. It's dumb this guy was trying to like sell that and this girl walking by had a i don't even think she had a lot of tattoos but there were a few noticeable ones and he was like excuse me miss where do you get your um tattoo <laughs> and i we, we could not stop laughing because i was like that's the most australian i've ever heard anyone like, ever sound he, he sounded like someone who has been in america for long enough that where <laughs> most of his dialect is gone because the first question is like oh yeah where'd you get your it wasn't that australian and then he goes mm, tattoo <laughs> Auto. anyway um yeah right, but so megan i would love to have your were you about to say have your babies uh yeah i'd love to have your babies i think that's a perfect note to end and look life. megan if she and listen at the end of the day if you lose just come on to me you know just... hey if she loses she's gonna have james Krause to console hey, hey. hey. <laughs> that's already but, winning right there hey it's the 20 pound python with the feet attached to it huh all right, so speaking of big, yeah, speaking of big pythons, Israel Mabulaji Timitao Udunyo Uwalafemi Uwalabi Adesonya, the last style bender, is fighting Jan Wachowicz. <laughs> Jan doesn't have a nickname, does he? It's the Polish power. I'm so happy that you didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> you did this whole thing about Israel, and then you go, just some guy named Jan Blankowicz, whatever his name is. <laughs> Blankowitz. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, even some, said it wrong. Some guy named Bla. <laughs> it's Jan Blakowicz. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, who cares? Can. I almost want to be like you last week when you were like, kind of the main event. You were like, no. <laughs> you already know. Like anyone listening to my show ever, literally the first episode of this show, I remember the first episode of the show, I gave my picks for UFC 236 when Israel fought Kelvin Gastelum. I was so high on Israel already by that time, and now it's gone through the roof, dude. So if you if you think I'm ever picking against Israel, you're fucking wrong, you're dude. Out of your mind. And there's times people are like, "Oh, he's never fought this kind of power." Okay, eh, but anyway, <laughs> dude, people are gonna like play this back if he loses. By the way, I, I will say like I don't often like to be complimentary of my favorite fighters' opponents. Jan is probably Izzy's toughest test in the UFC. Um, he, I don't think he's a paper champion like some people think, like who are haters. He earned that belt, and he's a great champion. I just think uh, Izzy's better, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's it. I'm picking um, Jan. You, you are. I knew no. it. No. No. <laughs> okay. Why would I pick Jan? I don't even know how to say his last name or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay, sorry, so sorry guys. I started eating on. nerds on the fucking podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is uh, not a nerd eating podcast. This is a nerd talking podcast. Yeah, that's cool, man. Just yeah, just stick to podcasting, okay? Um, yeah. Um, Israel Mambutu O'Malley, Edisonia is gonna win. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, except. You could have. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did. I did. I absolutely can. I literally did. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, That's it's, it. 
yeah, I just don't know how to explain it, but um, I'm interested to see the because Eugene Merman, Behrman, Behrman. I thought it was Merman. Eugene Merman's oh. the caught the the guy that was in fight of the Concord. Oh, that's right, and also in Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, he should be a fighter. Um, <laughs> Eugene Berman, um, Behrman. Eugene Berkman um, said about um, something about is he walk like well, he this is his walk around weight um, yeah which is always so strange like when when fighters go up or down or stuff like that and they they have that conversation about walk around rate and like he's called the style bender for a reason guys yeah like that's the thing that's the that's that's the thing that I believe will that's his fucking X factor man. Yeah. No, even if it is his walk around rate, who cares, man? At the end of the day, like his style is good. His fucking style is a lot. It's fucking versatile or versatile or versatile or however many ways you want to pronounce that. Yeah. It's a lot of things. It's so many things. So many things. So just to recap, I'm picking Alexander Rakic. Leo is picking Thiago Santos. I'm picking Drew Dober. Leo is picking Islam Makhachev. We agree on the all the title fights. So we both got Aljamain Sterling, Amanda Nunes, and Israel Adesanya. So with that, we are almost at an end. And I say almost because I have one other thing I would like to talk about. Right you do yeah, hate me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was looking at our analytics today, Leo. And, you know, I'm very big on that. I like to see, like, who's listening. I have, I had, there's, over the history of my show, there's been, over 50 countries that have listened, which I think is fucking crazy. And I, that's amazing. It It is amazing. Um, Obviously being uh, an American based podcast about a sport that's based in North America, it's primarily the U S but when you have that, it breaks it down by state. You know what our top three States are, Leo. What are our top three States choose? Number one, California where you are currently residing. That's true. Number two, New Jersey, where I am currently residing. Okay. Number three, Texas. Okay. Where where you're from. So I just want to take this time to use this platform (laughs) to say my boy, Leo, who's a Texan living in California, who has been to New Jersey and likes it. Uh, he is uh, newly single, and if you if anyone wants to slide in his DMs, they're open. Wow, and that's he, all I'm uh, hey man, he, it's a it's a it's that's if anyone could cut a better promo, get at me. But in all honesty, um, I don't want to use this podcast for that. I know I was gonna say we don't need to have that be like a recurring segment. I just wanted um, to mention it. But uh, yeah, I mean you know Megan Anderson, if you don't block me. Add me. Yeah. The, dude, the fact that she hasn't blocked you is a sign. There's a sign. What 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 does that say about our society? Like, well, well, she didn't block me. <laughs> dude, I was just I was ju- I th- let me ch- put you this so, way. I, I've I, I had a conversation about this yesterday about like my my main point, I guess, um, not to get too philosophical, is that a lot of time men will uh pop up misinterpret mm-hmm. kindness for interest yep and that's a problem in general big problem. um and that's 
a lot of our brains are wired that way just for the sake of someone not being kind to us or when someone was kind, that was the feeling that we got that made us feel great or whatever. But listen, I'm a kind man. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm kind. And I'm newly single. We're only going to do this segment once. He gave you the fucking bat signal. Get in the DMs. If you want. If you don't, it's okay. It's at Leo GH2113 on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. If if anyone wants to um, go on a date during the pandemic, I'm so ready to die. I couldn't think of a better note to end the show on. Um, so as far as that's concerned, uh, you can follow the show at FWM underscore pod on all platforms, Instagram and Twitter. So really just those two. Um, if you want to send us an email for some reason, if you're stuck in the 90s, uh, you can email us at fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a carrier pigeon, if you're stuck in the 1800s, Don't. You, can go, you can go ahead and send it to my address, which is Probably shouldn't say that. Uh, don't 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 dox yourself. Um, well, if the girls want to, if the girls want to skip the DMs, DMs you give it to them. Right straight to me. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that said, uh, the podcast is available wherever you're already listening to it. So just keep listening to it. If you're listening on a platform that has any sort of review option, give us five stars. And I'm not even asking for an honest review. Like, if you're not going to give five stars, like, don't fucking give us a review. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Give us an oh. honest review. Here's why. Mm-hmm. In the comments, but make it five stars. No, make it all low stars. Here's why. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Uh, what? All right, guys, have a great night. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, leave an honest re- If you don't leave an honest review, leave a five-star review. But we know that when you leave a five-star review, you actually don't like the show. So there really hit that five-star yeah, review. Really hit that five-star. Uh, well, that said, Leo, I've been juice for Leo. This is Friendly Sparring Podcast. That was a very strange way to end it. No, it wasn't. God bless. God bless.